will you be offended if I use like a Canadian accent or no? Good day, yeah. eh? Good day. Good day, eh? And welcome to another Forge Side chat where we talk about blacksmithing, bladesmithing, and everything in between with a normally heavy focus on talent in the Great White North. Hoser's talking about the uh, Canada that we reside in here, but our guest today is coming from the USA all the way down in Texas. We have got on the show today Lindsay Murphy from Lindsay Creative. She's specializing in jewelry nowadays, but she does all sorts of metalwork. She dabbles in the blacksmithing big time, and we're super interested to hear what she's got to say about all of her history and all of that because, man, this girl has been all over the map used to work with the aerospace industry doing that kind of stuff it sounds super intriguing to me because i'm in research oh, and uh i'm i'm sure there's a a lot of crossover that you know the artistic world has uh op- has developed from all of that so you know we'll dive into that right away super excited to have you on the show Lindsay. thank you very much for coming on thanks guys for having me i really appreciate it for sure before we get started on that Nick, how you doing, buddy? Oh, I'm not doing too bad. New head meds aren't uh, making me quite so spacey anymore. But uh, other than that, I've been trying to get back into the forge, get some more of my basics done, try to recondition myself into actually having some success here at the shop. Nice, nice. <laughs> and uh, had a great holiday. How about you, Lando? Ooh, the holidays, yeah. Uh Dude, I'm doing good. My man, Nick. That was Nick Verbray from Old Soldier Toolworks, in case uh, you're new to the show and you uh, haven't been introduced before. Hi, everybody. <laughs> That's Dr. Nick. And my name's Lando. I'm the Abstract Blacksmith, if you don't know, and you can find me as such on Instagram or Facebook. Um, me personally, man, I've been kind of uh, on a downswing right now. I'm not doing it all too much because I broke my finger the other day. Uh, How on earth did you manage that? Well, apparently when your mind is not... uh, How do I even explain this properly without getting uh, too... uh, Graphic? My my dog passed away, dude, on Christmas Eve. It was an absolutely terrible experience, and my mind's just not there and i go in the shop to do some work and try to clear the mind and what do i do whop my fucking hand when i'm holding the top tool like a freaking idiot throw the hammer across the shop screaming and all and now my fingers swollen to all bloody murphy and i'm mad and i'm not doing work and i'm hold just, her up to the camera there boy let's see i don't know if you can really how bad it. is it it's not that bad i, I don't know Oh, yeah, she's a little puffy. Yeah. yeah. Not moving so well is the big thing, and trying to, like, pick stuff up with it or do anything with it is pretty crappy right now. But, yeah. I, yeah I When you hurt your hands, it takes forever for them to heal up. That's the other thing, too, because, you know, I work with my hands during the day job and on the side, and I do crazy stupid shit like snowboard and whatnot, so I'm bound to never heal probably as is 
per usual with the rest of my body. But yeah. Anyway, so yeah, it's kind of been my sad, depressing life for the last week. Is we got a new dog. We brought a new dog home. We've got it here for what the same shelter I got my last dog from. They're super awesome. And, uh, man, letting them know what happened was an emotional moment too because they all they, – that dog lived there for two years before we brought him oh. home, dude. Yeah, man. They were almost ready to Poor puppy. find a home for him. Ended up being, like, the best dog ever. And then we go and we find uh, – his name's Pa. He's kind of – I don't know. He's – it's it's gonna be hard to replace the last guy, man. It's just like, oh, it's not. It's not I don't replacement. Know. Well, that's that's right. It's not a replacement, but just like <laughs> filling that, try having to retrain a dog and everything right from scratch, almost, man. Like it's it's like having a puppy in the house. It's just like, oh my god, peeing on things and jump, jumping up on the counters. It's it's it's, it's a it's a bunch of much. I I didn't know if I was ready for it, man. And honestly, I'm not too sure if I am, but. It's, uh, well, not you're my, in it now. I, Good luck. Yeah, hey, I'm in a communal uh, decision-making process here because I'm in a family and I don't do all the decision-making myself. I, everything's a group choice. My wife and my kid were both adamant. We had to have another dog to the house because we have no pets at this point now. And it's like, yeah, you know what? Both of you are adamant about it. My kid's like not even wanting to sleep by herself. And it's like, all right, I got it. It's got to do this. So we did it. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So that's that's that. And uh, heading to the cabin for the weekend probably to uh, enjoy some New Year's shenanigans. And, right on. Uh, what do you got? Pl- what do you got planned for New Year's, dude? A whole bunch of sweet f all. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what about yourself, Lindsay? What do you got going on for? How is your Christmas, my lady? Well, okay. Christmas. It's like we go see family all over the place. So we're driving all over the place to see family. That's what happens when you have all your in-laws, parents, everyone within hours drive of each other. So we did all that. And I have two kids. And so I'm trying to like make it special for them, do all that, lots of cooking, all that stuff. But um, it was also my birthday a couple days ago. No way. So I have like the combo Christmas and birthday thing. But as like for a lot of people who, you know, are in metalworking or tool stuff, we're like, you know what? That's the best time to ask for like the combo Christmas birthday gift. Like that's the like best time. So oh, you've got a little bit more of a budget to play with. <laughs> uh-huh. Exactly. So I'm always like, Keeping an eye out for like you know what I want, so nice. it's pretty nice. Sweet this year. Um, keeping it a little bit small because we have to renovate our bathroom, so that's just like money out the oh yeah out there. But um, I did get a mini swage block from uh, Derek Mountain. Nice, uh, oh cool, yeah. That's awesome. So I had fun playing with that today, so that was awesome. That was my birthday gift. That. Yes. How much does it yeah. weigh? Like, it's, what kind of size is it? It's like ten pounds. It's it's a uh, it's pretty lightweight. Like you can take it places. Um, like I go and do demos, like blacksmith demos everywhere, and um, especially well, just a couple places. But I can like take it to my maker space, do some demos of it there. So it's it's easy. I like it. So it's, nice to have uh, some portable equipment. Yeah. 
Exactly. Okay. So, but it's my only swage block. <laughs> so kind of, uh, I don't mind. So what kind of shapes does it, did you post that to Instagram at all yet? Or uh, just in my stories, I haven't like finished anything cause it's the holidays and I'm just busy. I definitely yeah. perused your Instagram a bunch before we started and I can't recall seeing oh. that. So. Of course. <laughs> Come on. What are we if we are doing our last minute research? You know, 10 yeah. minutes before the podcast goes live. All right. Who are we talking to today? <laughs> Lando's always got at least a better idea because he's the one booking them. But sometimes I don't find out until the last minute. She's all, I won't be offended, Nick. It's all right. <laughs> waiting for us in the green room because we're late. I mean, and all of a sudden she gets a bunch of notifications on Instagram like this. Like, like, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's Okay. Yeah. Cool. So what do you like, plan for New Year's? Um, really not a whole lot. Just doing something with the kids. We're going to go out, see some, go down to the downtown zoo. Um, they put on a big show, not a show, but like some lights and all that stuff. So Great. Awesome. nothing, awesome. nothing like what I used to do when wow. I didn't have kids. <laughs> Hey, I've got a six-year-old myself, so I know the uh, mm-hmm. the routine now at this point. It's uh, – and you, I'm at this point, I'm kind of like, you know what? Enjoy it while you can, right? Because totally. you only get it for so long and then mm-hmm. they're all growing up and they're doing the things we were doing before we had kids and you're going, no, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay Please for me to learn do it. from my mistakes. <laughs> it was okay for me to do it, but don't you dare. Right. <laughs> How old are your kids now, if you don't mind me asking? Um, they're like 10 and 14. Oh, dude. Nice. Yeah. Nice. So, like, I definitely know, like, the fleeting time thing because I'm like, I already – I have a teenager. What what do I do with that? I don't know. So, yeah. my kid, it's crazy. Six Teen- going on 11 teen. No yeah. problem. It's yeah. no joke. Like, yeah. that – it's it's really weird. So, I <laughs> Like what happened, right? The the difference yeah. between when we were kids and what kids are like now. It's just like what mm-hmm. they're growing up so fast. I, I see yeah. these uh, dance shows, whatever uh, ads on Facebook or something like that, and they're doing choreography that you would have seen in like crazy high end music videos that adults were doing, and it's little kids doing that stuff <laughs> nowadays. Like what the fuck? That's yeah. so crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but anyway. Yeah, it's it's been good. Like my ten year old likes to go forging with me, and and it's been that's been cool. That's super awesome, yeah. amazing. Yeah. She she helped out with a demo, and like she blacksmithed all day with me. And uh, she was like, "Can I do it again tomorrow?" I was like, "Yeah." So she came the next day, and we did it all day again, and it was great. Oh, that's super awesome, man. Yeah, that's so great. Yeah. What kind of cool. stuff did you uh, have her starting off on? Uh, copper, just because it's like I don't have to. I can do my own thing, and I can just give her a copper pipe and be like, "Here you go, go to town." Because you know you can just hammer that when it's cold, and yep. I don't have to yeah. worry about her burning herself. For sure, nice. That's so, that's yeah. smart. Uh, my kid almost burnt her hand pretty good. Um, I learned my lesson there. Mm-hmm. That's a smart idea. I like it. Yeah, no, starting kids off, copper is definitely the way to go. I, mm-hmm. Aluminum's not bad either. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But uh, just to give them something that they can hit, play around with, mm-hmm. like you can forge it absolutely just as well when it's cold. Right. All right. And it just lets them kind of get into the groove of it. 
With aluminum, can you do the annealing process like you do with copper? It depends on the specific variety, but yes, generally. Really? Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Cool. That's something that I have like no experience in whatsoever, pretty much, is forging aluminum. Like, I've played with it a couple times and I learned, okay, this stuff cracks like super easily. I was about Yeah, it's, uh, it's less forgiving than copper is. With mm -hmm. uh, aluminum, Lindsay? Um, a while back I did a custom piece for a lady, but it was all sheet aluminum okay. and I don't know what kind of alloy, alloy it was. So, uh, I had to be really careful about it cracking and things like that, but I was able to like get it just the right way. And then, um, she wanted it like a bronze color. And so I, I found this really cool patina that works with the aluminum oxides oh. on it and it turned it like golden brown. Like, it was really cool. What the hell? So, Sweet. So, uh, nice, yeah. I wasn't a fan of the aluminum, though. <laughs> Working with it. It took a lot of, like, edge work and, yeah. I think in certain instances, I like it. Like, on the metal lathe, like, I like kind of, you know, machining it oh, like yeah, that. Oh, yeah, for machining <laughs> aluminum, it's yeah. just brilliant. Yeah, Whereas it's Whereas machining copper is just, uh, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah. It's like trying to machine plasticine. Oh man, that's right. <laughs> so, you, is that something you play around with quite a bit as a lathe, or no, no? Just only like a while back, I did some class classes in it. That's about it. That was like my extent to the metal lathe, <laughs> and because I don't have that equipment at home. Yeah, but, like, I thought you're yeah. working out of your home garage. Is it attached or detached garage? Or? It's it's an attached garage, so it's like I can't do a whole lot with it just because like. You know, if it blows up, it's our house too. So, man, I know a lot of people in your same situation. I know people run. Mister Justin Lamaru, there, he's running himself the twenty-five pound little giant in his attached garage. It's like, dude, oh man, crazy. That's uh, oh wow. Yeah, I think you can get away with the twenty-five pound little giant. Yeah, It'll yeah, it's not too bad. Well, I, I mean, mean it's it's certainly not like trying to forge under an air hammer. It's like somebody oh, trying to run a uh, well. It depends on the air hammer, right? The little cricket. <laughs> that's, that's a light <laughs> air hammer. Even the light air hammers, they just the action they have is so much more of a punch than that kind of slap you get from the the uh, uh, rotary hammer dies. That is true. I, I get what you're saying it's, there. I it's I mm -hmm. think it really does make a fair a fair bit of difference when it comes to the vibration that you'd be transmitting. You play with anything like that, Lindsay? Air hammer, power nah, hammer? No, I have. I just do everything by hand, so I don't. I don't have anything. I probably eventually I'll go get a fly press or something like that. But. Yeah, I can fly see press that. is a great option for a yeah. home shop. Yeah, mm -hmm. that and a, a treadle hammer. I'm I'm oh, trying to really look into that aspect, man. I was at first I was like, man, I don't want to be freaking pumping a hammer with my foot but now that my hand is broken i'm like i can see that being really useful right now mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah i bet oh fuck yeah so where did this like you were in the aerospace industry doing uh testing on crash analysis right um i did some impact testing on space shuttle tile and uh, that was based off of the uh, Columbia accident that happened back in, like, uh, about 20 years ago. Um, 
Yeah, I was going to say it was early 2000s. Yeah, they, uh, Columbia was re-entering the atmosphere, and they had they didn't know this at the time, but there was um, damage in their wing, and all this like hot air came up and blew up the space shuttle like um, over a hundred miles of debris that NASA had to go back and collect, and they analyzed it and they figured out what the problem was um, that that they had like a hole from impact when they were launching, uh, like foam came, hit it. And, uh, so, uh, they hired a bunch of engineers and all this. And we, uh, that was like my first job out of college. And I started, um, yeah, figuring out with them how, like what, what impacts the space shuttle could take and things like that. So like, if during a ascent, like when they're launching and they see something hit it, they can ask us like, okay, we got hit by like this block of ice is a survivable, what kind of damage do we get and stuff like that. So we kind of did a lot of testing and ex- like with a potato gun kind of thing, shooting ice and foam and stuff uh, at this like spatial title. So that's kind of what we did. It was pretty I cool. Was, I was kind of hoping for actual potatoes. Yeah, uh, shooting, that was disappointing. We're shooting <laughs> potatoes at the space shuttle. Although, that was this one time. <laughs> we, like, shot way too fast one time, and, like, an astronaut person, like, an astronaut was watching the test. They don't, like, normally come and see all this stuff, and we shot it so fast. It went through the tile and the aluminum substrate underneath, like, all the way through, like, a bullet, and we're like, oops, we weren't supposed to do that. And the astronaut just kind of looked at us like, what, what the hell, you know, what the hell are you guys doing? Just what like, what kind of organization you guys run in here? Yeah. We're like, uh, sorry. <laughs> um, Luck of the draw. Yeah. Hey, you make the mistakes on the ground so they don't happen in the air. Exactly. <laughs> What'd you go to so, college for to get that, uh, get that kind of position? I was a mechanical engineer. So mm-hmm. I studied. Uh, at Texas A&M University and uh, got my master's in mechanical engineering and actually like focused in material science. So like I took a lot of metal classes and like did welding and all that kind of stuff in school, which was pretty fun. Very cool. And then I graduated and never used that again for a really long time. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, you went into the field, but you didn't use the practical side of it at all. Yeah. So yeah, jump ahead. How many years? And you decide that you're going to start using it. How did what made the happened? Well, uh, so obviously the spatial program ended uh, back in 2011, and then I had my second kid, who is now like wants to be a little blacksmith herself. Um, and a couple years later, I'm kind of like, all right. I want to do something. I'm kind of getting antsy because, you know, I'm no longer working there. And I was just kind of figuring out what I want to do. Um, I was kind of focusing on my artwork at the time, painting and kind of being um, just painting canvases and stuff like that. But it's kind of tough when you have like a newborn. And uh, I was walking in the woods over here. Uh, It's like a kind of like a park nature preserve kind of thing. And come across like these bunch of blacksmiths just kind of forging in the woods. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> Were they magical? 
<laughs> I know. <laughs> they were fairies, blacksmith fairies. Uh, <laughs> Let's rewind this story. I missed the what did oh, you did you eat something? Like <laughs> <laughs> those mushrooms are really no. <laughs> So a magical group of blacksmiths appear in the forest. Yeah. And take you under their way. to you. <laughs> Come to us, sweet uh, child. Lindsay, Maybe that's the Canadian forest. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, before all that, I had never seen, like, Forge and Fire. I hadn't seen any of the, any, like, I just didn't know that people still did this. And they were doing uh, coal forges, and turns out it's like a Houston area blacksmith group. Oh yeah, and Haba, they're like pretty big in the Houston area, and they do a monthly hammer and like just a meetup once a month. They have a project they all do, but like other people will be like, "Hey, I want to like work on this other project," and they'll bring their stuff, or some people bring their gas forges to show off and stuff like that, and. It's this do farm. they habitually do it in the woods? Well, it's so there's this old farm in the woods. It's just really weird. You don't like I didn't realize they did this, but they, there's like an old farmhouse, and they have a little blacksmith shop, and oh, okay. they and uh, but it's like there's trails and hiking and stuff like that. And so we had just gotten back from our hiking and like came across this farm, and they're right there. So. Um, it's just kind of random and I did not expect it. And I got to talking, like, I just kind of sat there and was watching them for a while. And one of the guys comes up to me and he's like, this is, this is great. And he's telling me all about it. And he's really excited. And he's just like, now looking back, he wasn't making anything amazing. Like it was like, he was just taking a bar stock and turning it into a spiral. Like that's all he was doing. And he was just, just Still hammering away with his son. Fun as and, heck, man, right? And he was just kind of tall. And, but I was, like, mesmerized. I was like, this is awesome. This, like, because it was reminding me of, like, what I, like, studied in college. And I was like, oh, man, I miss this so much. And it, like, is art. And it's, like, engineering. And it's yeah. my material science background. And yeah. it's, like, all this together. And I was like, yeah, I want to do this. So next time they met up. I like before they met up, I was like, okay, I gotta like read up on blacksmithing. <laughs> I like got a book from the library. It was so like nerdy. And I'm like reading up on like, okay, what's the best way to stand in an anvil? And what's the, you know, it just, that's, it's just so silly. And it's no, probably that's some, a, that's a smart thing to do. Doesn't sound silly to me at all. <laughs> <laughs> the right steps, if you ask me, yeah. Well, I get there and like I was like, oh yeah, I read up on this on it before I got here. They just started laughing at me. <laughs> really? Wow. Well, I think that's I commend you for that, uh, man. I, I wish more people would take the time to read a book before they start asking questions and jump into it. I think that's the yeah. best way to start figuring anything out is to read a blacksmithing sure. book. Well, I mean, it depends on the book. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this was like the best book. I don't know. It just was, it was different because like some of the stuff I read there is very different than like what a lot of people, how a lot of people blacksmith, like even how they stand at an anvil. Like mm-hmm. I was like, the book told me to stand this way. And actually I feel like, like I still use that stance the way the book told me to do it. 
than like other people because it just feels way more comfortable. This is a continuous thing that I always say when we're on this podcast. There is not one right way to do it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, you have to be careful. I mean, there's certain ergonomics that if you fall into using that same position all the time, you're actually going to do damage to your body. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Like your elbow and oh, yeah, a lot of people. There are wrong ways to do it. There are absolutely <laughs> wrong ways, but there isn't one right way. Right. Uh, right. I, I totally agree with that. So, yeah. But so, uh, I mean, and I learned a lot just like working with the guys there. And some of those guys have day jobs. Uh, there's one guy, Les Cook. He became kind of like my mentor. Nice. And um, like that's his a job job is uh, he's, he's been blacksmithing over probably 30, 40 years and he's does commission work and he's like an artist blacksmith, I would say. Nice. So I learned under him. Does and he, he uh, does he have a name for his forge or on, on Instagram or anything like that? Oh man. I always forget it. He's not on Instagram. He's on Facebook. I yeah. think. No, no. Okay. <laughs> Wait, wait, let me look him up Lots real quick. Lots of old timers don't have the uh, social media stuff for their shops. No, I want to say I've heard that name before, though, on in the social media ring somewhere, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm dreaming, okay. but. He, I have an email, and it says his uh, forge name. Just okay. a moment. Sorry. No, no worries. That's uh, part of this being a podcast. We can cut this part out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh, man. I'm still laughing about the magical blacksmiths. I know. <laughs> now well, I'm I lost the woods one day, poof, yeah. blacksmiths appeared. It's like Pokemon. Oh, wild blacksmith appeared. Oh, okay. Les Cook, he's, his forge name is Eagle Forge. Eagle Forge, okay. Yeah. And Yeah, that is sounding awfully familiar. Yeah. He well, does some really cool stuff. I mean, Eagle Forge... Eagle Fireforge on I found that on, but that's no. Oh, he's probably not on any social media. Yeah, okay. At all. Yeah. And uh uh yeah, I work with uh some other people, um and then like our president of Haba at the time, uh Dana Flanders was also instrumental in helping me with some how I hold my hammer and just like the basics, you know, when you're learning, you're like Yep. The, like holding the hammer, like, a lo- you know, a lot of beginners start off holding it really weird and uh, you can really mess up your hand that way. Yeah, like so. holding your thumb on top of the handle and stuff like mm-hmm. that, right? That's exactly yeah. what I was about to say, Lando. Don't <laughs> yeah. thumb your hammer. <laughs> so, I mean, just like the basics that I don't think, you know, like beginners watching on YouTube, death, you don't really see that kind of stuff. But, like, when you're working with people in real life, that's, like, when you can really work out all that kind of stuff. That's where the hammer and shine, bud, big time, man, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's always good to have somebody coach you through Mm -hmm. some of those real critical basics. And that kind of sets you off on the right path to start with. Oh, totally. I'm soaking all this up big time right now because I actually had a girl reach out to me right before the show, pretty much 20 year old girl that's interested in welding is what she told me. And, uh, actually her, her auntie, I think is who got her in touch with me. And we started chatting about 
getting into the welding industry. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm soaking up a lot of what you're saying because from a woman's perspective, there can be a lot of a different view on what the welding industry is. And this girl is gravitating towards the art side and stuff. And I told her about the blacksmithing and she's like super interested in that or whatever. So, and I told her, make sure you listen to this episode of the podcast. Oh, okay. So. <laughs> I'm a terrible welder. <laughs> I Me like too. it. I, I really enjoy it. I'm just terrible at it. So I don't know if I'd be any good. <laughs> but there I are don't a lot enjoy of- it and I suck at it. <laughs> I only do it out of necessity. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I'm like, I got to make all these welds. I'm just doing it. That's what a grinder is for, you know, make it look pretty afterwards. I went into work sick specifically so I could do my, the welding job that I had on the table. I had a hard time doing and I ended up calling in sick the next day because I was too sick. But fuck, man, I love welding. I fucking (laughs) love it. Yeah, you're one of those welding weirdos. Laying a big fat bead on some freaking quarter inch plate and just freaking 20 inch long bead and just (laughs) just lay that bitch in there, man. Just fucking nice and hard. Makes me feel all good all over. Yeah. It's really satisfying, like to get a good weld. Yeah, like I do have to say, it's it, so satisfying. To get a good yeah. weld, yes. To get a shitty mm-hmm. weld, yeah. That, oh, that, that pisses hurt. me off. <laughs> yeah, that can hurt the soul. I guess that's what talking about welding does. It's like, yo. Shit's <laughs> you that excited, hey? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I can understand. I, I can, you know, I can relate. There's, there's a, I'm as Jeff Fader would say, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so welding processes, what kind of processes are you hitting? MIG, TIG, stick? Just, well, I mean, back, back, back in the day I did all of them, you know, you kind of just take, test them all out. But, uh, no, I just do MIG for now. That's what I have available. Okay. Yeah. When you uh, when you get the chance to expand yourself into the TIG world, I think you're going to find that that's going to f- just add so much more to your artwork because th- that's what TIG is for, it man. Is, it is really a lot more controllable and very nice and clean. Yeah. 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 Like, oh, man, I'm so... I'm doing those stainless steel roses lately, and I'm going to weld the petals to the stem. The stem's quarter-inch solid bar, and then the petal is made out of 22-gauge sheet. So you have to be really careful to focus focus your heat on the bar. And mm-hmm. I'm I'm not even adding filler. Well, I should be adding filler, but the problem is, is the smallest filler I have is one eighth on hand. I do have a roll of 316 that I could start cutting up the roll of 316 to use for filler wire, but I should just go buy a bunch of like one sixteenth filler rod or one thirty second filler rod, even if I can. I don't know if they do filler rod in one thirty second. I don't know my uh, table. That sounds like wall, wire to me. Well, it's <laughs> yeah. almost wire. I don't know if that's getting into like point. 0.35 or 0.35 or whatever wire, which is what I would have on hand, I think. I don't think it's 4.5. I think it's 3.5 wire that I have. And, and like I said, I can cut it up, but it's like it's still packaged in its plastic 
role and everything like that. I don't want to just dip into a whole brand new wire of 316 just to cut off a couple small strands for TIG welding, right? It's, I feel like I'm kind of, you can, the problem with, with stainless steel is you have to be very careful with contamination with stainless steel, right? You start getting mm-hmm. iron, um, any dust on it and stuff like that, and it starts contaminating it. So you got to be careful about that shit. But anyways. Yeah. How is it for fusion TIG, though? So that's you what I'm just- trying to do, what I have been doing. But like I said, I have to be very careful to focus my heat super more on the solid rod versus the pedal. Yeah, you got to split your puddle. Yeah. And then once you get the puddle hot on that, then it just drips into the into mm-hmm. the sheet metal, right? Yeah. Got to make sure that you're using the right size tungsten. And that's where I'm mad at myself because I'm lazy and I'm using the wrong size tungsten and I can't be bothered to change it. I'm just like, I'll just make it work and I'll burn a little hole here. Ah, no one's going to see it because I'm putting the next layer over top of it. And yeah. Oh. That's, that's take welding uh, for you. I think it'll work out fine, dude. I have oh, to say, yeah. those stainless steel roses are looking like amazing. Mm-hmm. Just absolutely fantastic. They're really mm-hmm. looking good. Oh, yeah. thanks, buddy. Oh, no problem, dude. Thank you, <laughs> Thank you from, from, to you as well, Lindsay. I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel special now. <laughs> it's, it's hard. Man, I'm so judgmental on myself, dude. To hear That's other a- people tell me that I do good stuff, it's, I don't know. I think good. I think we all do that to ourselves, you know. It's oh, like, yeah. you know, it's I think it's a common thing for a lot of us to be hard on ourselves and then when we look at other people we're like, "Man, you're you're amazing. Like the stuff you do is really cool." Um, I don't know. That that's a it's like I, something that we'll always have, I think. I think your work is an is an amazing thing. Like I, I kind of like I look at it and a lot of the stuff I'm looking at, I'm like where did you think of this? Like, where did the ins- the, the inspiration for a lot of this stuff come? Like, the Lego Man earrings. Oh, yeah. Like, what the hell? Where, <laughs> where did you think of doing that? You know, I just was looking around for something to cast. I was like, all right, I want to, like, learn casting. What can I do? And then I'm like, ooh, Legos. That would be awesome. And then, because, like, that would be an easy f- form to, like, put into the so i did like for, oh, i yeah. did okay so something about me that maybe a lot of your the listeners you know don't know is a lot of the stuff i put out there is stuff i'm learning it's not like something i don't have like 10 years experience casting like i did casting for a little bit in college and then i didn't do it for like a really long time and i'm like you know that would be really cool to like try out some casting techniques. I see a lot of people doing it. I want to try it again. And like, I have a lot more experience now working in metal. So you know what? Just try that again. Cause like when we did it in college, it totally sucked. Like I, I remember spending hours making our mold, like our sand mold. And then we poured molten aluminum in it and it just was total shit. So I was like, all right. <laughs> and, and so like, you know, when it's like your first one and you're like, you spend all that time in it and it, it looks be awful, discouraging. Yeah. it's so discouraging. And, and so I was just like, no way. But now hmm. I feel like there's so much more out there, like so much more knowledge that I can just access. And so I'm like, all right, yeah. I'm going to try it. And so 
And I tried out different methods of casting. And one of them was like a cuddle fish bone, which I had never seen before. Um, Wait, if you've hold ever, on. Cuttlefish have bones? I don't know. Like, it's like they're weird. It's like a weird squid. And it has like this, uh, they like wash up on beaches and people pick them up and collect them. And now they're bird food or something like that. I don't know. So you go to your pet store and you get all these cuttlefish bones. And you can use that for like a mold. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So like I, you can carve in it. So I got some dental picks and started carving out like a, a like one of those uh, leaf brooches from Lord of the Rings. Um, nice. did that kind of design and then, but then I forgot when you cast it, it's like a mirror. So I forgot that I was like, ah, so I had to redo that one. But, um, the Lego guy, you, it's so soft. You can actually take something and push it slowly into the cuttlefish bone and you kind of rub it in there and slowly work it. So like I spent about an hour working this little, one of my kids, Lego guys into the cuttlefish bone. What? And then I poured uh, molten pewter in it, which was easy. Like pewter was like way easy to melt because the melting temperature is pretty low. Um, mm. And then I like worked my way up to like silver and copper, stuff like that. So, well, that's oh, awesome. Dude. Yeah. So silver. I'm yeah. super interested in doing silver myself. Oh, I think man. that is just beautiful stuff, right? Yes. Silver is so much fun. Like, I absolutely love it. Like, I I just recently got into silver the past couple of years, and I absolutely love it. So, um, like, because, I, you know, I started out in steel, and then, like, I went towards, like, the non-ferrous materials, like copper, and, and then eventually into brass. Um, and then... I was like, all right, I guess I'll make the leap to silver because it's, you know, but it wasn't that much of a jump. Like, if you know how to work with copper, silver is pretty easy. Oh, that's exciting it's, to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it anneals the same way. Like, it's very similar that way. But okay. it's not as much of a pain in the ass to work with like copper is. Uh, how, do you, how do you source your silver? Um, so I use, uh, like, a reliable source because i don't know like a lot of the other places how they make their stuff but i use a supplier in san antonio which is called rio grande okay. uh they like supply a ton of jewelry like jeweler tools and um all different kinds of metals and stuff like that so that's who i use interesting right on yeah. how is it the cold work um it's pretty easy it's like copper and like you can anneal it and then you have a certain amount of time like hammering it or like i've tapered like you know done like your tip you know your typical taper you do in steel i did with silver wire i got like a pretty large gauge um silver it was probably about maybe a little less than a quarter inch wire and just tapered that and worked with that made into like a snake filed it right and oh, like cool. made the like just kind of how you would forge a snake with oh my god like in steel i did that with silver but oh like my god. well that's awesome but I'm, miniature i want to go yeah. buy some silver like right now <laughs> i had no idea it was that simple like yeah do you have to worry about fluxing it or anything like that when yeah you're for like soldering i do you have to have a really pristine, clean surface, just like you would with stainless steel. 
Yeah. So um, you clean it really good. You usually have like a pickle. Uh, I sand the surface. You've got to make sure your surface is like, like if you're soldering two pieces together. I mean, it's just like same with copper. You got to make sure everything's flush. Yeah. Uh, you can't have any gaps. Um, that's the thing with like working with small stuff. You can't always see all the gaps. Um, right. But when it solders right, it's like it's so satisfying. So yeah. and when it, when you have a really bad solder day, it's it's awful. Mm. That's when things get thrown. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. Right. I have no idea what it's like. <laughs> or, or it's like you have a bad Saturday and the, the rest of the day is, is bad. <laughs> My family hides. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I'm just having are, a bad Saturday. <laughs> yeah, there may be some rage holes in the door behind me. <laughs> I wonder. I just added man. one recently. Okay. I wonder with that, with that, that log shave you're making... What, uh, what do, do you think you could braze the handles back on with with brass bra- brass braze it and then still be able to heat treat it afterwards? Oh, are you talking about the um, the draw knife that I was making? Yeah, the draw knife. Yeah, would that um, would that work? I don't know. To be frank, like possibly. What I'm going to do with that, with the broken one, is I'm going to get my dad to TIG weld it back together because he's a better TIG welder than I am. And then I'm just going to keep it and use it for myself. I've got a new one in process for the guy. Okay. Because uh, if you brazed it back together with brass and you had that layer of brass in there, it would be kind of artistic. It would be, it would kind of look cool. And I know it's a strong fucking joint. Yeah, I see where you're going there. Um, I don't know. It, it might be possible, but I think, like I said, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to take it back together and then oh. I'll put the other handle on and then I'll finally have a draw knife in my shop. Like, I've made, like, easily a dozen of the things, but I never <laughs> have one of my own, so well, now I'm going to have one. Yeah, cool. So... I know with the like the work that I do that stainless steel to brass you have to braze it using silver solder. Mm-hmm. That silver solder that I'm using for that and the fl- the silver flux that I'm using for that is that the same stuff that you would be using essentially? So what kind of silver solder? Cuz there's like a lot of different kinds of solders out there. I don't know. It's a comes in a plastic case. It's a little tiny roll. It's maybe like a foot long or something like that and it costs an exponential amount of money, but I don't, it's not my money, so I actually don't pay attention to how much it is. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean... there are so many different things mm-hmm. that are called silver solder. Mm-hmm. Most of them don't include any actual silver. Okay. This is good to know. Yeah. See, I don't know these things. This is yeah, like, well, usually when you're talking about silver soldering, right, like when you're like, say, for example, like if you're brazing bandsaw blades or something back together and using quote-unquote silver solder that's usually nickel silver which is really just a nickel nickel and copper alloy right or there's tin involved like they'll put tin in there ah yeah there's like plumbing solders Uh used to have lead but these days mostly it's like tin and antimony Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. right. That's yeah, that and that's only good for copper essentially. That doesn't work with much else. Oh, you can do copper to something else with it. Copper is it copper to brass that works with regular yeah. solder mm-hmm. still? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you can solder brass with uh, regular solder, but not to stainless. You can't. Mm, that's uh, outside of my uh, sort of experience. I've never quite tried anything like that. I've only brazed copper and steel together, but not stainless, like just like a low carbon steel. Brass to stainless, you have to get the stainless steel like fucking red hot. Uh-huh. And flux it, and then yeah. the, the solder melting in at, at that red hot temperature. It's kind of ugly, to be honest, but it works. And what kind of solder did you use for it? Probably the stuff Nick was talking about. That's oh, like yeah. nickel alloy. If I'm for all I know, I honestly I've never paid attention to it. There was a guy that I used to work with who's long, long retired now, and he's like, "This is how you do it," and he showed me how to do it. And I was like, "Cool, all right, thanks, buddy." And that. <laughs> How it went from there. I never paid attention to what I use and just order the same stuff he used to order all the time, same part numbers. Right. Yeah, I use like like a really pure copper like welding stick, kind of like, yeah, like that. Yeah. This uh, is a nickel silver rod that I've opened up here. Yeah. Yeah, that's different than what I use. Like the stuff I have is like comes in like really small sheets. And I like cut it off into little bits, and it's usually like almost pure silver solder. Oh, crazy! It's like it's a uh, I don't even know. Like it actually was passed down from my mom to me because my mom used to do all that stuff. Like she oh, gave no. me, yeah, she gave me my anvils, <laughs> both of them. <laughs> she wow! Gave, she oh, gave me a ton we of need stuff. to wind this story back a whole. <laughs> let's rewind here a little bit um your mom used to do this and you inherited a bunch of equipment yeah. well okay so when i lived i lived up in the northeast like in in the u.s like uh near Pen- in pennsylvania somewhere and uh, Pensatucky? Uh, Pensatucky. yeah it's a uh, near philly so right. My mom oh, okay. did a lot of metal work there. She did her. She had her little jewelry area in her garage. She would do like silver casting, like the lost wax casting, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. I didn't do any of that. I just like watched her do it, and just that was cool. Um, but then we moved to Texas, and she was like, "I can't do this in the heat. It's awful. It's uh-huh. like she couldn't do it." So she, we just had all her jewelry stuff, her jewelry bench her acetylene tank torch her anvils i think they did get like an anvil i think she got the peter wright anvil somewhere in louisiana but besides that like nothing and then i took up blacksmithing and a couple years in she's like for christmas birthday here have this peter wright anvil and i was like awesome now i can like actually like do stuff at home that's so nice. Creepy. So, like, that was about five years ago, and that's when I like kind of started working on it more cool. seriously than like you know a couple times a year kind of thing. So, How big is it? It's about oh, one one eighty. Oh, <laughs> that's oh, the question. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Tell us about your tools. 
We got too excited. Sorry. Oh, yes. Tools. Tools. Tell us about your tools. I guess I got hold that excited there, eh? No, it's it's a really, it's a Peter Wright 180 pound, and it's in really good shape. That's a Fucking That's a nice great size. Yeah. yeah, it's it's great for steel. And then she was like, "If you ever get into like non-fair stuff, like silver, silver work, I will give you all this other stuff." But she was like, "But I'm not giving it to you because you're only working with steel." She didn't want me using steel on this other anvil because it was only for silver work because oh, you sure. can't mix them. You can't mix the metals. Yeah. So is the anvil still a normal anvil or is it a silver anvil or something no, like that? It's just an it's just an anvil. It's I mean it's just, it's just I, I I bet before she was using it, uh, I'm sure there were, you know, it was like a ferro you know, like steel was used on it and all that stuff, but, but I've since, always kind of wondered about that. Like if yeah. if a stainless steel specialty shop, for example, Mm-hmm. If you were to go visit, I've never visited one, and I kind of, I, I should just, just to find out, are all their workbenches made of stainless steel, and are all their tools stainless steel? So they're not wor- like having to worry about contaminating, and like how far does that go? Like I know you just pickle I, I everything assume, in the end. Yeah, I would assume that would depend an awful lot on what they're doing, right? It's yeah. like, are you making stainless steel lawn ornaments or are you making stainless <laughs> steel parts for the space shuttle? Right. You know, yeah. like, right. I think there's going to be a different set of requirements for each of the individual I, sorts of tasks. I oh, totally. know there's a level of stainless steel where you're going in there with hazmat suits on, man, so... <laughs> I know nah. it, it can get insane, but I just on the right on the normal basis on a normal like somebody that's dealing with you know your ranges of three hundred stainless steel type thing three hundred four mm-hmm. to three sixteen on the regular probably uh, just normal feeling yeah I assume it's all just regular gear yeah for the most part It'd be pretty cool to have a stainless steel anvil though that how cool would that be I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I don't I'm thinking know. about it from the story. I'm sorry, you guys. Fuck. I'm thinking about the like impact resistance. Like I start going down that road. I'm like, oh, okay, oh, but yeah. oh, I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, yeah. So, but eventually, she gave me like it was actually 2019, the end of 2019, like right before. Oh, good timing. Was this week, right? Two, uh, three years ago. Um, she was like, okay. I can see you want to work in jewelry here, have all this stuff. And so I like loaded, loaded up, set up my shop, um, in 2020, in January, 2020, that's when everything started. So Good timing, got, eh? got my Swedish anvil, got a settling tank, torch, all that set up, jeweler's bench. I had no idea like what anything was called. I was like, what does this hammer do? I don't know. Like it, I mean, there's so many other tools that I was like, I don't even know what, like the bench pin was, I didn't know that was called a bench pin at the time. I was like, I don't know. This is like a weird shaped V slot wood thing. I don't know. I know I'm supposed to use it. It's just a thingy madoodly. Exactly. I don't know. So. So so what what does it do? What's a bench pin? Oh, you just use it to like, uh, cut your, 
like, so you have a little saw, it's called, um, you pierce your metal and make designs and do intricate cuts and things like that. And, and it's a great way to support your work while you're making those cuts. So that's really what you do, but you end up using it for everything. Like you file on it, sand, sand your work, polish your work on it. It's like, it ends up being your most used area all the time. So. Yeah. You end up kind of using it the same way a machine ends up using a vice. Yes. Right? It's yes. It's just your go-to work area to have stuff held down. Mm-hmm. And because you're typically working in such small stuff, you can just hold it in your hand against the bench pin. Totally. you've got that little V-slot to do yeah. your piercing work or do your yeah. whatever else. It, it just really sucks when whatever you're working on flies off into your like forge skill, like that's next to your anvil. That's the only thing that, cause then I'm like searching yeah, for yeah. for like, like about an inch or two inches and it's like, ah, and I've lost pieces of work for days and I'm so mad at myself for that. Stuff like that happens. So do you keep a fairly clean shop, Lindsay? No, yeah, I don't. I was going to say, it doesn't sound like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> this is the time I clean. I clean Lando. in between. Who I clean actually in does have a nice clean shop? People who don't work. Yeah. <laughs> what are you trying to fucking say? <laughs> what the hell? Take off, man. Look, I know you're OCD and all, but the rest of us who get stuff done typically have a bit of a mess flying around. No, my shop's a bloody fucking mess right now, so I, I can relate, dude. That's... I feel like this is the worst time because you've got all your Christmas orders you got all the other work you want to do for your you know presents and all that stuff and it just yeah. builds up and well, like you're doing all this other stuff because the holidays are crazy exactly you know any of that downtime you might have you're like i should be spending this with family not cleaning my freaking shop like a hoser yeah yeah well this time of year you just go with the chronological organization system have i used it recently It'll be near the top of the piles. If I haven't <laughs> used it for a while, somewhere down by the bottom. That is true. There's people that can live by that rule, dude. I don't oh, get yeah, it. No. My father being one of them. Shout out, Peter Verbray. <laughs> Every time I go into his shop lately, I can't even find a spot to sit my coffee down. Oh, wow. That was it's me bad. last week. <laughs> Drive, that drive me nuts, man. I uh, I finally cleaned it up this week. I just was like, I got to clean it up. Like months of scale was sitting there. I cleaned all that up, cleaned up all my surfaces. It's great. And now it's like, now I can actually like focus and like do new work because I finished everything else. So this is a great transition time. So I like to clean in between projects. Do you ever find that that mess can actually kind of like, somehow add to your artisticness though no no okay no, it sucks it away it, it totally does i i get i get it both ways like i i love having a nice clean shop but for some odd reason when i'm in the thick and dirt and grime of a project all of a sudden i'll think of something of something else that's amazing and be like oh Oh, that's next and move. Uh, I think what you've got there is a correlation, not necessarily a causation, my friend. <laughs> well, it's, you're, you're in the thick of it. Your mind is on it. You're actually yeah. using your brain in that sort of way. 
That's kind of what I meant, though, right? Right? Like, it's, I don't know whether it's about having the shop clean or messy, but it's more about how into what you're doing you are. True. If you're thinking about cleaning, you're not thinking of new ideas. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's that's the thing. When I'm thinking about cleaning my shop, I get into the mindset of like the five S kind of thing. Like things need, I need to reorganize. That's where my mind instantly goes. I need to re- start reorganizing on top of cleaning things. Mm-hmm. I, I should be maybe I should move this over here because then it's then it's closer to this and the 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 trifecta of the anvil vice forge thing, right? Do you do you have that going on in your shop, the the Anvil Vice Forge? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I it took me a while to get to the right setup. Like it took me about a year, like just working with it every you know every couple times, and like things just kind of moved itself the right way. And now I'm in a really good spot. I'm like, all right, this is perfect. But if I bring in a new tool to the mix that's big, <laughs> then it's like it blows up my whole system. Yep. So, like, if I'm going to get that fly press, I'm like, I don't know where it's going. Things are going to have to move. I have, like, a brake uh, press that I have, that uh, a, a brake roller uh, that I'm like, well, that might just have to go. Like, I don't know. So, we'll see. I completely and fully understand this. Yeah. <laughs> How big is your uh, workspace? I have half of a garage. So, it's like oh, you only maybe, half what? You only get half of it? Well, the other half is like, like, you know, like the, just everything else we need for the house. You know, it's like the, and then the kids stuff, like tools, lawnmower, all that other stuff. I didn't realize that. Like if you ever see like my stories or posts, if you look in the background, you'll see like garden tools and you'll see life jackets that go to our (laughs) Our kayak and and oars because you never know life because <laughs> life, life exists. Yeah. I life mean, we got to put it, it, we got to put it somewhere. It's not going to be sitting. Yep. You know, we don't. And our house isn't like giant, so it's that's the place where it's going. So, but um, yeah. yeah, it's it's just I have limited space, so. Yeah, my Single? my shop is thirteen by thirteen, so I completely yeah. identify with that. Yeah. Like anything of Eddie's eyes comes in, it's just like step back, evaluate, figure out where it's going to go, and how many things you've got to move to make that yeah. work. Yeah. When Nick gets to his shop and he opens the door, he has to pause for a second because something large has already entered the room ahead of him, and he has to decide <laughs> where things are going to go. <laughs> you see what I'm saying here, Nick? Uh, yeah, my gut. How you? <laughs> How you doing? <laughs> Listen, I'll have you know, I am in possession of a thunderously average penis. <laughs> Mediocre at best. That's what I say about our show all the time when people ask. Oh, tell me about it. Oh, well, you know, it's mediocre at best. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) I don't lie, dude. That's the last thing I want to do is tell people lies about anything. That was just bad, bad trap, bad trap right there. I had no idea you were in that small setup, dude. Like, I saw that you were in, is is it a single bay garage? Me? Uh, No, I mean, it's, 
it's like you could kind of fit in two cars. I mean, not okay. anymore. There's okay. a bunch of stuff in there, but I mean, it's tiny. It's so not. Maybe cars a are waterproof. A little bit more room <laughs> than Nick, but damn. Oh. Yeah, it's about it's about 13 by 13. That's about, it's a little longer than than wide, but yeah, make it work. It's, I mean, it's way better than it used to be. So, so when you know you've got a new tool on the horizon, like the fly press, do you start like kind of having dreams and envisioning where it's going to go and stuff like that? Or oh, do you yeah. day? I'll just be, I mean, it was, it's, I know where it would go. It just would take up my workspace. You know, like you have at least some like workspace, like, big work surface area and it would probably go on that and I'll just have to work on the floor or well, something <laughs> like, you know, whatever. You're ahead it's of me on my game. You're, you're not going to get it mounted on a stand. Then you're going to have it sit on the bench. No, it has to be on a stand, but like I would well, think because of all the torque you got going on, oh, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it'd probably need a stand. Nice heavy bench stand. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, be- said, the bench I have is pretty heavy. Yeah. It's pretty heavy. Um, I mean, I have my vice on there already, um, but I don't have like a post vice. That's the only thing I just have. That's, gonna, that's what I was just going to ask. Do you have a post vice or can no. I? I have one at our makerspace. Uh, we got a post vice there, so if I ever need something like that, I'd have to go over there. That's um, more. That's so my other forge that I that I help maintain. <laughs> How far so, is that from you? Yeah, at least you got options. It's like a twenty minute drive. So we've I set up like a Mr. Volcano forge there just because the last time we had like a, I made a homemade forge and uh, we had some users really beat it up like so much. And I was like, never again. Mm. (laughs) So we're just getting like a inexpensive forge there. Just, you never know what happens. And like, who knows? Someone might swipe it. So, um, you know, good things about Mr. Volcano. So, yeah. Oh yeah. no, it's really great. I I mean I don't I don't mean to like downplay it at all. Actually, oh no no you you can't get all those materials and build your own forge for the with yeah. how much it costs. Yeah. I mean it's pretty amaz- amazing. And then uh, a guy uh, uh, don't not donated, but he's letting us use his anvil, nice. like his great grandfather's anvil, and uh, so th- and then someone just found a post vice and he set it up and so that's pretty cool yeah right on so cool so for your forging um mm-hmm. obviously at the makerspace you're using gas you're mm-hmm. using gas at home propane yeah i'm i live in like a hoa kind of situation so like if i ever start up a coal forge i i bet the fire department would be called on me right away so oh no uh, yeah but uh, at our hobby meetups we only do coal so, like, I first started out in coal. Really? Not, like, I never did propane until a couple years ago. And, what, do you, uh, uh, what do you like better? Um, I really like propane because I'll get distracted and I, <laughs> and I won't burn up my work. <laughs> so. Yeah, that is the nice thing about propane. I just got to set it, forget it. Mm-hmm. But you, you, uh, you can't do that with a coal forge. No, you can't. <laughs> yeah. No, you can't. I, I, yeah, all right. Hey. All right. Have you tried an induction forge yet? Give her a second, dude. Jeez. Yeah. What'd you say? I'm sorry. I missed it. That's all right. Have you tried an induction forge yet? 
Oh no, those are so cool though. I've seen yeah. uh, seen people use them, and I'm like, man, that looks awesome. How did you yeah. get in touch with Derek Melton? Because he runs an induction forge. Yeah, I saw that. That's pretty cool. Um, how do how do I how did I find come across him? I don't know through the whole Instagram community, I guess. So, well, he's, yeah, he's an awesome dude. I fucking like Derek. He's He's a phenomenal blacksmith, man. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, talk about a guy with some skills, right? And he's like, he's going all the time. Like, I feel like he's not only doing his own stuff, but then he's like doing classes. Like, he'll have people come over and do hammer ins and stuff like that. And And seems like he's doing a lot. A day job as well. Yeah, I'm like, what? How do you? Yeah, I don't get it either. How is that possible? Three hours of sleep a night or something. It's, Maybe. Yeah. Maybe and that's a, it. Although, like, there has been times when I've gotten up, like, at three in the morning and been like, all right, might as well get up, go go into the forge area and start working. What so, time do you normally start your day? Oh, like, after I drop the kids off. So, like, yeah. eight 8.30 kind of thing. And then start the day. And um, if I have energy. So, that's the thing is like having the physical energy to like work, work on that all the time. So, I mean, the, that's the thing is like, you realize how much your health and your, your capability, you know, your craft relies so much on your health. Dude, if, totally. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And yeah. mental health too, right? Like it's obviously mm-hmm. like I just learned my lesson big time frick smashing mm-hmm. my hand, but yeah. Yeah. Totally. To and yeah, it's like, uh, if you know, like just getting sick for like one week, I'm just like, oh man, like I, I just can't, can't push myself to do a whole lot of like that. So you have to like be creative and be like, all right, I guess I'm like going to be with my sketchbook today and work on designs yeah, and yeah. ideas like that kind of thing. Like you asked me where I get my inspiration. It's like, sometimes I just like draw my ideas in my sketchbook and Smart. I'll like draw 30 ideas and maybe I'll use 10, you know, Smart. depending on the time. I used uh, to be a lot bigger on that. I don't know why I kind of stopped. I was going to say a lot bigger, dude. Jeez, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I know. I'm fat. Quit it, Lando. I'm sorry, man. That honestly, dude, is one of the things that I really don't like to joke about is people's weight. I find that, like, I don't, like, if, I don't care if you don't care, but I care, man. Like, fuck. That's a fucking dick move, dude. Don't do that. No, I, I don't. Yeah. yeah. To me, that's like the same as like religion and politics. I don't talk about that kind of stuff. Yep. No more talking about religion, politics, or Nick's weight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Nick. I love you. That's good. <laughs> that's all right. I love you too, Lando. Don't worry. Uh-huh. I have, I have should a small... I, should I like sign off and let you guys have some time together? Are you gonna come back? <laughs> we'll do the same setup, like where I <laughs> my headset comes off. She's just like, "This is my out now. I'm gone." <laughs> yeah. I'll slowly go down. I'll pass out or whatever. No, do the elevator, okay. <laughs> the stairs. Yeah. The pretend stairs. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs> oh, my internet went out. Sorry. 
Oh, yeah. Sure that, it did. That never happens. <laughs> Weird. Why do all of our guests do this to us? <laughs> Have you ever noticed that it does seem to be when we're really getting on a roll with the, like, you know, mildly homoerotic humor that the internet cuts, cuts out? It's a strange trend. Well, maybe well, this is a Canadian blacksmith thing. I'm no, no. I won't judge. I don't judge. I, don't, <laughs> I fully I don't support it. I don't think it's Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> blacksmith, yes. Canadian, yes. Maybe not so much. It is worldwide. <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> All right. Back to the Where are we? Back, back on top. <laughs> well, I don't know what we're talking about. Um. Yeah, so we were I, talking about forges. I was gonna oh, yeah, no, I was gonna mention forge. Oh yeah, the what? motivation stuff that we're dealing oh, with here, and how you yeah. like, you know, wake up in the morning and you're like, oh, I don't oh. really have the, the energy today. And do you ever find that you get a spike of creative energy in the evenings? Oh, totally. It's what? about like ten o'clock at night. What is that? <laughs> Why? Why do we get this? I'm the this same. Is the way. reason that I don't start at the shop until like two in the afternoon. I hear it's like ADHD related, so I don't know what you have yes. for me. Yeah, yeah. ADHD. Believe me, what I've got is a very long laundry list. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> What's wrong with Nick? How many hours do we have? I thought this was what the podcast was about. No. Yeah, basically. <laughs> because no. I was no, okay. No, I was gonna ask a wrong question there. And I re- I realized enough from because I, I was actually curious for a second there as I answered my own question in my head though. It's okay, like okay, cool. Yeah. So it's like that. Okay. Don't you wonder about it because I don't want to say it. All right. Now I'm that's all I'm going to think about for the rest of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. You know Thanks. what? Ask it or say it and then cut it out. There you go. Uh-oh. Uh, I probably got to edit him on the spot now. All right. Well, there we go. We just had a very convenient break that you'll be able to make that cut at. Come on. I was going to ask if it made. No, I have that time. Like and where... we're back. <laughs> so we're... I have that time where you get this hit of inspiration at about, you know, 10, 10 o'clock at night. And sometimes if I have the energy to hit that, like with, with all that, like sometimes the ideas come, but I don't have the energy Yeah. or I'll have the energy and I don't have the ideas. Like sometimes they just don't align, but when those two align at the same time, that's like, I feel the most excitement. I can get a lot done. Uh, those no, are like absolutely. the best times. It's like magic hour. Yeah, totally. It's totally it, dude, for sure. That's such such a funny feeling to get that too. Like I've actually been in the shop before and when I went in there like late at night and I was like, I want to be in here and I started working and I was like, no, you know, I'm not, not really into this. And like an hour later, either the song hit the right note or something and I just kind of was like, yeah. And I started dancing. Mm-hmm. I was like... I'm there, baby. Fuck yeah, I'm there. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm weird like that. What can I say? Oh, man. Yeah, I think a lot of us have that moment. I think part of it, honestly, has to do with sort of, at least for a lot of people, is actually, like, 
throughout the day, you've got all these tasks that you're doing normally. Mm -hmm. And we all start off as hobbyists. And when do you do your hobby? When you've done everything else. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it's almost like you gradually condition yourself to have that sort of creative energy Mm -hmm. when you would normally be doing your hobby stuff. Oh, totally. Yeah. And then as you go on, it's just like, even as you become a professional, if you, if you ever do, Mm -hmm. um, you get this point where it's like, okay, well, this is just going to happen to be when I'm at my most productive. Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. I think now though, like where I'm at, where I've been able to like really work and spend time on it on a daily basis my like, sweet spot is like 11 a.m. to about three. Like that's like when I'm most productive, and like just because like I have the most amount of energy, like the caffeine's kicked in, like the fifth cup of coffee, and then <laughs> the fifth pot, <laughs> right, or whatever, and then like that time is really good, and then I have to like, fin- you know, I have to like pick up the kids, and so I'm like, ah, oh, I don't want to like. I don't want to do that because I, you know, it kind of hits yeah, the you're way. You're in the groove. I'm totally it's... in the groove. I'm totally in like a, sometimes like a meditative state where you're just, you lose track of time. Totally. And, and there have been times where I've forgotten to pick up the kids. <laughs> that was not a good situation. I mean, it was there. Oh, was, come on. It's it fine. fine. They, they survived, but yeah, I felt guilty. I'm lucky my kid takes the bus and there's been days where I was at home working in the shop and my kid got off the bus and I wasn't at the end of the street to pick her up and she's crying all the way down the driveway to the shop, gets to the the (laughs) shop door, opens the shop door and there's this little kid crying. Oh Oh, no, dude. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks. That sucks, man. But see, like, that's the thing. It's like you get so engrossed in something that you just lose track of, like, what time it is. Yeah, you can really get into that workflow state. Oh, totally. And, yeah. And if you're, like, if if you don't see, like, daylight change, you know, you don't see the time of the day, I think that's the other thing. I'm, that's, my old shop was completely boarded up. I had no light in there. I Mm -hmm. could freaking, I could fall out of the world in the middle of the day. No problem. I can't in this shop for sure, dude. Mm-hmm. I was yeah. going to say, hey, that doesn't help that my kid's also a drama queen. She freaking, <laughs> she played that up. Like, she was, <laughs> as soon as she saw I was there and I was like up, like, I'm like, oh no. She was like, oh, I'm not crying anymore. Everything's fine. My dad's here. It's all good. Freaking, yeah. Anyway, anyways, but yes, no, dude, the, the, the day thing, man, like what is it about that? It's like, Oh, well, you know, the store is open. I can run and grab a coffee if I want to and stuff like this. Like, I'm not like, I'm not committed to staying here and there's nothing else going on in the world. Oh, yeah. That too. It's like, if someone wants to meet up for lunch and I'll be like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah. Like, I'll do that. Or you have like a really flexible schedule, which in some ways is good. But in some ways, it's like, if you don't, protect that time of working and your shop mm-hmm. and stuff like that, you like lose all that. And it's really tough, especially like I was saying how in December for, for me, at least it's really easy to like give out that, you know, some of that time away to a lot of all these other things. And sure. it just, 
it's tough to like really protect that time. And so like, then I find myself, you know, getting up really early, like, cause like, I know like that, that my really good time of like 11 to two, two o'clock is going to be taken up. And mm. so I'm like, all right, well, you know, and then sometimes my uh-huh. like anxiety of like getting something done, like if I'm doing a commission uh-huh. just wakes me up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm like, all right, get to work. So I'll get that yep. done before and then, you know, that kind of thing. So it's, it's kind of like a, 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 a still like, I'm still learning how to like deal with that. And it's been like two years already. So what about the, well, I don't think you're ever going to stop learning about it, to be honest, because it's just a, a constant self-management thing right like oh, yeah. you just you constant and you caught co- everything changes constantly so you're going to constantly be you know changing to to the flow that comes your way yeah what that's about, a sort uh, of lifelong sort of adaptation you have to do yeah what about social media how do you find yourself weaving that into your daily schedule um, I'm not much of a planner. So a lot of times it's just like whenever the inspiration hits, I'll like snap a photo and I'll like post it to my stories. Or if I'm like, you know what, I'm this, this job that I'm doing, is kind of cool visually. And so I'll just set up my camera, like prop it up against my vice or something like that. Like I don't have like a setup, like a lot of, of the influencers and all that stuff. Like they have like all professional stuff. I'm like, I just prop my phone up against like a block of beeswax or something and my vice and just kind of, you know, while I'm like, you know, crazy, like grinding metal or something. And I'm like, Oh, it's going to make sparks. This will be fun. Or something like that. Or, um, maybe I'll take, I like, uh, when I was doing the commission of like 18 lilies for a customer, um, I didn't really film a whole lot of that, but, um, like a a couple times I did some of the processes and stuff like that. And sometimes it's just photographs of like, Oh, this turned out, you know, like, Oh, this would be neat to kind of take photographs of the process of that. Cause people have asked me, so I'll like take photos and you can kind of see it evolve. Or sometimes I'll do like live video shots and stuff like that. But it's not like, it's not something that I plan out weeks and months in advance it's more of like the spur of the moment like in the moment when i'm like oh this would be kind of neat to show so do you you ever can like i i consider the fact that there's a lot of value behind a social media account that does well um Mm -hmm. brian house to me is a prime example of that and how he works his social media do you ever do you ever get like i get anxiety about that like I need to put in more work to my social media. I haven't posted in like three days. I need to find something to post just to post because that's how social media freaking works. And I, you know, some, some days I'm in the shop and it's like, Oh, post this, post this, post yeah. this. And it's like, t- becomes too much almost. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, do you find that anxiety? I, I, I'm too- just chuckling <laughs> in the background. You don't give a fuck. looks at my social media and they know I clearly do not have that problem. No fucks <laughs> given. I don't know when the last thing I posted something on my Instagram. I'm horrible. Well, you're not trying to build like that 
thing though that that social media can build for you, right? Like that's not your concern. No, I'm right? not. I'm just kind of like I'm just puttering along and keeping myself happy. Well, then don't go on social media, <laughs> right? Because it can you can easily get sucked in. Um, I mean, I kind of felt that this week because. You know, we're in the, we're doing all the holiday stuff. I'm not in the shop. I'm not really working. And I don't have any new things I really want to take photos of and post. Um, And I was kind of like thinking about what can I show. And so I ended up showing like, oh, I'm vacuuming up my scale (laughs) with my shop back. And it was like... (laughs) <laughs> and a lo- like a lot of people enjoyed watching that because it's satisfying to see like all that getting sucked up and I'm like all right well I don't normally like to post you know ridiculous things like that but I don't you know, never was- know what people are gonna like it's yeah. so crazy eh? and it's yeah. satisfying to see that you know like I I just remember I had a roommate in college. She loved vacuuming and she was so satisfied. And I was like, all right, well, maybe that is like some people, that's their thing. And so show that just because it was kind of fun. And wanna, uh, that was my only the, thing uh, I posted this week, which is pretty sad. I want to make a, a sexual. I don't see anything wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, everybody's got their own thing, Lando. I'm uh, glad. Uh, lined up so well uh, for it. Jeez, Louise, I'll tell you what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, so, but I mean, I get that. I I really try to make good photographs. Like, that's my other thing, too, like, of my work. Are you using so. your phone for your photographs? Or are you yeah. Using, yeah. Um, okay, phone? do you have a spot in your shop where you take your photographs? Or is it somewhere in your house? Or? What do you find? What's the trick? What's, what's the okay. trick to a good picture? So, just as my, so my mom's an art teacher, just so you know. And so she taught me a lot on how to take a good photograph and to make a good photo. Uh, one is composition. So you want a good flow. Like if you look at a photo or a picture, you want your eye to travel around the page, not just like get focused on one little spot. Uh, you want to like control the movement. It's kind of like the rule of thirds or like the, what is it? Golden ratio. Golden kind of ratio. Yeah. 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 So like you could use that as like when you structure your photograph. Another thing that I really find important is contrast. So you really want your like, so we work with a lot of metal, right? So you're going to have shine, like reflections. You might have, um, so if you take it in your shop, you might not have really good lighting and you might have like a, like a background of like the same color on color kind of thing. Yep. Like if you take something on your anvil, it's a cool shot to show your anvil, but at the same time, you may not like get a really good visual of the work or your yep. piece. So I've seen some people show their pieces on a mirror or on like a black surface, but to me, I still like it feels like you don't really see it like fully. So I like to use a white background and I use like uh, a window where it faces the East. So I get daylight, but it's indirect light. Mm -hmm. And I use um, a white curtain between that. So it diffuses the light and it kind of spreads the light around. So it's not like a direct pinpoint light. 
um, and I don't get weird shadows. Yeah, yeah. And then, I mean, it sounds really complex, but it's like I was going to say you put way more thought into this than I have clearly. <laughs> and and then the the last bit is uh, like I like to or like you can shoot it outside, but. I still find it like st- still like gl- the light is too glaring on the metal. So I like yeah. a really good diffuse light. Yeah. So yeah. I've tried taking it, pictures of stuff outside and it just never turns out right. Yeah. yeah. And I find like, I, so I just have a white sketchbook that I put down. It's like a really large, like 24 inch by 12 inch kind of thing. And I'll put uh, my work on there. So you can't see the edges of the sketchbook. You don't know it's a sketchbook, but, um, my and it just provides a flat surface and the white really reflects back the light yeah. and it looks like a good you know it, i feel like it's a good representation of what i made so yeah right on because I, mean, I feel like a lot of people like blacksmiths especially well especially woodworkers do it too where they'll take photos of their work and you know it's really good it's just like they could do so much to like improve it and get a accurate better representation of the work so there is a, a side to that though because i see some people putting in such a uh, an effort towards that perfect picture and then you look at their portfolio their their instagram portfolio and you see every picture is just like perfect perfect mm-hmm. perfect and it, you can see there's a very similar style to every picture in a lot of senses and yeah. it just kind of it almost leads you to this to this wondering of is this is this real? Like, oh it's, yeah, it's too perfect. I need to see the realness behind this person a little bit, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. I That's think what, I kind of get that. Yeah, yeah like I you get like the, looking very sort of cold and commercial. That's than something that's yeah. craft. Yeah, that, yeah. exactly kinda, what I mean. I, I do sort of understand that. Yeah, I've I've seen some uh, blade maker, like knife makers, who've done that kind of thing, and it looks really nice. Like, yes. don't get me wrong, like their work exactly. is stunning, absolutely stunning. But at the same time, I'm like, wow, that's so like, like you don't know if it's a person or a company sometimes. Yep, that's so, exactly what I'm saying, dude. Yeah, no offense to like those who do that. Like, it's just no, it's... I just noticed that, and I'm like, is there because you usually you don't see like their faces and stuff like that, so. I think it's a different crowd that they attract by doing that too, though. Yeah. And like a lot of those knife makers that are doing that are, they're attracting a high end, a high caliber a crowd, people with a lot of money that don't want to deal with goofy guys like myself that are posting pictures and videos of them drinking beer in the shop and mm-hmm. whatnot, right? They want to deal with somebody who's serious and does a, a spot on job and they, they are pure and concise about what they do, right? There's people that want that. Yeah. No, I am totally like picking up what you're laying down and I kind of just had a bit of a thought. Like one thing that I occasionally like to look at is like really nice firearms and if you ever want to see something that's just like a firearm turned into something beauty a beautiful like an almost an art object um holland and holland in the uk is kind of like the classic for that uh, these are the guys who would sell you you know a a hundred thousand dollar shotgun kind of thing 
you know, and if you look at the Holland and Holland website, it is exactly that. It's the super perfect, super clean images on a black background, mm-hmm. right? And it's the exact same thing you see with a lot of the really high-end custom knife makers web pages. And you're looking at their photos, you see the exact same thing. I've honestly thought about redoing my social media because of that aspect and, and starting all over again with pictures that I put that much effort into solely so that I can attract that higher end crowd versus being a goofball. That's just attracting whoever, but I don't know, man, I feel like I got to stay real to myself. Yeah. I think there's something also to be said for authenticity. Yeah. Right. That, you know, that idea of somebody kind of seeing who is this person who is actually creating this work. It's, you know, there is, there's certainly something to that. And when you've got a personality like you, Lando, I think you should let it shine. <laughs> Jesus. <sighs> you, you're a weirdo, but you've got a certain kind of charisma. Yeah, the kind that pushes everybody away from him because they finally realize Lando, Lando's really weird. He's not just a little weird. He's really weird. Like, oh, boy, stay away from this guy. Uh, you no? haven't gotten rid of me yet. Not yet. Yeah, wait. <laughs> uh, dude, we were talking a little bit back about getting into the groove and finding our fucking jam spot and being like, yeah, I'm feeling it. And I was mentioning how I freaking music is what peaks me a lot of the time. You guys got some music that you're, you've, you've picked out this week, a song of the week, something that's like, this has been my jam, man. I got to freaking add this to the list. I'm going to add this to the playlist. I, me personally, I'm, I'm going to take a stab in the dark here. Ah, uh, what am I going to go for? What have I been listening to a lot lately of? Uh, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard has been something that I've been listening to a lot lately. But there's not really a specific song that I can gravitate towards for that. Mm-hmm. Oh. You got something, Lindsay? I'm looking. While Lando's <laughs> contemplating. Uh, Mine is super, like, cheesy and everybody knows it, like, a it's universally loved for a reason, but this week I've just had journeys don't stop believing stuck in my head. All and right. there's a big smile on the other side of the screen from Lindsay going, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I was like, so why, why that one? I don't even know. I think it was like just I happened across it on the internet as, as like a background for something and it's just been stuck in my head. It is such a good song. No reason other than that. Okay. Well, fair enough. Lando is wildly unimpressed by Journey. I don't know, man. It's. Are you saying you don't like Don't Stop Believing? The problem is, is it's on the radio like three times a day. Uh, I don't listen to the radio, so... I have no choice but hear that song, like, three times a day because I don't get to choose what I listen to at work, man. It's just, well, that it's is odd. deeply unfortunate. It's... Yeah, it's rather depressing, to be honest, but... It, and, and the fact that I used to like... I did enjoy it. I know exactly where this joy comes from. I, I can I can relate to that, but... That's, 
So are you not going to add it to the list now? Because you're like, oh. No, he's going to make an executive decision there. Be like, Nick, not allowed. Do you want me to change? I'll see if I can think of something else. Maybe somebody else that sings that's no, 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 no. dude, it's cool, man. Oh, I'm mean, gonna add that to the oh. song. Well, what's you said the you chance? Already, what's the chance that you, Bill McClintock has remixed that song? If he's remixed that song, I'll I add that version. No idea, because you said you used the uh, the longest John's uh, hammer and the anvil. Yep, that was yeah. the last episode. <laughs> yeah. God, if you haven't heard that one yet, people, go and check it out. It's a great, <laughs> it's a blacksmithing shanty. You can't get any better than that. I'll have to check that one out. I've never heard of them. Sorry. Oh, that's okay. I'm totally into the weird and obscure stuff usually. I think that's, that's the cool. first song that anybody would have ever known that I've suggested for the playlist. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess one of them is, uh, let's see. Like two months ago, a friend of mine, she turned 40 and she's like, I'm going, we're going to a concert. So we went to a concert together. It was Metric, which is like oh, cool. a band that, yeah. Like, I don't know if like people know about them, but uh, so I'd been like listening to their albums nonstop in the shop and stuff like that. And it, that was like pretty good albums to listen to while hammering away. And, uh, like my, one of my favorite songs that they do, it's called help. I'm alive. And, and then, I mean, they even like say beating like a hammer, like over and over again. So I was like, Oh, this is great. And it has a good rhythm to it. So like you can hammer to it. (laughs) And that's awesome. uh, (laughs) So anyway, that's, and the, and they put on a really good concert. So it was a good show. Nice. It was at the right the House of Blues down in Houston. So, oh, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I have been a fan of Metric from a long time ago, from my snowboarding days. They were like, I don't know what it is about the snowboarding scene, but they're very pop culture hot, dude. Like they. Mm-hmm. They're putting in songs into their videos that haven't been released yet to the mainstream and shit like that. And no sooner do the to the snowboard videos come out, the song gets released to mainstream. I've seen that happen before, and I'm just like, what the fuck? I've seen songs in snowboarding videos that just like were like, oh, this is a cool song, and next thing you know, a, a month later, it's playing nonstop on the radio, right? And it's just like these guys know what the fuck they're doing, man. And I don't, I don't get it, but cool. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. We don't have snowboarders here, but we have surfers because we're like on the coast. So, well, it's Texas, eh? Yeah, um, yeah. We don't yeah. have like well, we don't have mountains on this side of Texas. We have mountains on the far, like we have like a Chihuahuan desert, and we've got mountains there. Did but no snow. No, okay. I was no snow. Have you ever seen snow in Texas? Yes. Oh. It's yeah, snowed the one time I was in Texas. It well, snowed when you were you brought the snow. Clearly, <laughs> Is that it? yeah. There like, was a whole bunch of Canadians who ended up in uh, uh, over around El Paso. And next thing you know, the snow there. We had um, so what is it? It snowed like on the beach in Galveston a couple years ago, like on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. Like we actually get snow, which is really weird, and. Yeah, because most years you don't get any amount of no, substantial snowfall. No. Eh? People try to say, like, 
are like if we have a major hurricane coming through, we'll like get snow like that winter, but it's not always the case. But yeah. We've had like fog snow, which was like I did not know that existed until I was like in the the desert over there. And they had like a, a weird freak snow storm come through, but it wasn't like a storm, it was like fog snow, which I didn't know. Do you guys yep. know? Yeah. You know fog snow. Yep, I've oh, seen yes. that before. Yeah. Well, okay. You'll see that on the mountains a lot. Like it's like you're it, that's like going through a cloud almost. It's like snowing but you're going through a cloud. Yeah. It was crazy. It was very cool though. So, but it's not really cool when you're in a, like I was camping in a teepee when it happened. So I was like, okay. That sounds cool though. Yeah, it was really cool. That was my New Year's several years ago. So. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely not doing that here on New Year's. Jeez Louise. I think it was minus 40 here last New Year's. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I don't know what it's going to be like. Yep. Yep. I don't know what it's going to be like. Minus 40 is the minus 40, both systems. That's true, right? This just happens to be where they converge. Oh, okay. My song choice of the week is... What? Nothing. I was going to say it's 26 Celsius right now. Or not right now, but it was today. What the fuck? (laughs) I was wearing shorts today. (laughs) At least it's not minus 26 here anymore, but it was just a couple days ago. Yeah. Yeah. But now it's like a balmy, what, did you say three degrees? Hey, where he is. I think yeah, it's- where I am, it's like maybe two or three degrees today. It's unfortunate because we also just got a big dump of snow, so oh. everything is slush. And oh, it's yeah. gross. Apparently, it's minus 14, feels like minus 23, so. Gross. Yeah. That sounds awful. You know what? When it gets down to those temperatures, at least it's dry cold. Okay. I I think a lot of Canadians will will sort of be like dry cold is more manageable than that kind of like damp cold. Mm-hmm. I think we're we're Definitely. right on the brisk of it maybe turning to dry cold. I think it's kind of humid out there right now, to be honest. Oh no! Yeah, yeah like that's that nasty. Means that that much wind. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gross weather. Healthy body, safe mind. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but that's Operation Ivy. They are a punk band from back in the day. Big fan of them from my skateboarding, snowboarding days. And Healthy Body is a very fun, jazzy song that can get your blood flowing, get your heart beating, and get you jumping around, having a good time. So that's my song choice of the week. Cool. I'll have to check them out. Small shout out to uh, the boys at Axe and Iron Podcast. Um, Christ Center, no, not Christ Mount Phillip Metalworks. Jeez, wow. Mount Phillip Metalworks and Roy Scott from Vintage Axe Works. They actually brought up Operation Ivy on their show a few months ago and I was like damn I haven't listened to them for so long and it's been on my playlist non-stop since they brought it up so shout out to them for bringing it up and getting me back in the groove cool yeah. that's that's that dude I don't know what else we you got an oh this week anything that's happened this week that people can learn from that's kind of like another segment that we've been doing lately I don't uh, 
my uh-oh, well, I've already mentioned it. Don't hit yourself on the finger with a hammer. I mean, it's pretty freaking self-explanatory there. Just don't do that again, eh? Yeah. Uh, this week. Honestly, not really. Yeah. I haven't had an uh-oh. Knocks feverishly on wood. <laughs> um, I think maybe my advice for the week is be patient when dealing with bureaucracy. It's not your fault, and they're not doing it because it's you. <sighs> so I'm dealing, doing things, dealing with you know veterans' affairs and stuff. It's like, oh, good lord, it's all, this stuff always takes like ten times longer than you think it should. Yeah. Oh, Lindsay, anything that you uh, didn't think of that folks can learn from? Um, so, I mean, th- from this week, so I cleaned my shop, as you guys know. Um, and I guess a motivation to clean your shop is maybe you'll find lost projects that you were working on and you forgot about. <laughs> what was it? What was I'm it? I want to see this. Uh, no, nah, it's just like. You know how you said, like, oh, like, the the thing that I need the most is right on top because that's what I'll be using. But the thing on the very bottom, like, that's the thing that gets forgotten. And so if you're looking for inspiration, I find cleaning your shop does help because you might discover, like, a a material that you, like, forgot about. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, someone gave me a bunch of really cool different kinds of wood that I want to like incorporate in with metal. And I had like shaped them and formed them on my, uh, like my belt grinder. And then I was just lost it. Like I, well, I set them down and then I like, it got covered up with a lot of other stuff. And then I just rediscovered them this week. And I was like, all right. So that'd be cool. I've got two things that we've got to ask you about this. It's like Mm -hmm. one. Okay. What types of wood were they? Oh, man. Okay. If you don't remember, it's okay. So some of it's like dyed maple burl. So like a lot of the really cool burl. Um, Some of it's like, uh, like all of it's like really cool colors. Some's cottonwood. Some was walnut. Some was. Did you post a picture of this back in the day? No, No, I don't think so. Oh, well, oh. I did work with wood before. I used bog wood, which was okay. very cool. It's like a oh, okay, bog semi- oak. Yeah. yeah, bog oak. Yeah, sorry, yeah. my brain was over. Else. Yeah, bog oak. Jeez, man, this is what happens when you get older. Forget things and you mess up words. Oh, dude, dude. <laughs> some bog oak, and I still have a little bit of more of that, and I want to do more stuff of that, but. See, it's all these like, oh, I want to do this and this and this, and like the list just grows. And yeah. oh, especially when you're in like multi um, media oh, yeah. media processes yeah. like that. Totally. Yeah, dude, like you're all over the map. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I already, I'm already all over the map, just doing blacksmithing, and can't decide mm-hmm. if I want to do this project versus that. I can't imagine adding wood into the mix. I've thought about it too. It would be a nightmare for me, man. It's yeah. a lot of fun. You should try yeah. it. <laughs> what's your favorite kind, though? Like, because you asked me, like, because it seems like you, what's oh, your, yeah. yeah. 
nothing beats working with Rosewoods. Hmm. Like, for doing, the, especially the kind of stuff that I do, because I'm a tool maker, um, Rosewoods are, they just make such beautiful handles and things like that. I mean, there is the problems of the fact that Rosewoods are now on uh, the CITES 2 appendix, so you can't ship them lots of places. Mm. But there's even, you know, there are, are alternatives which are, are pretty close. Uh, one thing you'll see is something called Pau Ferro, which is uh, also called Bolivian Rosewood, but it's not a true Rosewood, so you could ship it anywhere. Mm. And, like, it works beautifully. It's got gorgeous grain, takes an amazing polish. You know, it's got really nice mechanical properties, too. It's, you know, it doesn't tend to split very easily, very kind of stable dimensionally. It's just like, you know, it, it is really like, you know, just one of the best sort of groups of woods to work with. Anything cool. in the genus Dalbergia or Macherium. All right. I'll have to check that out. What he said. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So you said you were working on them. Let's get back to the second thing I wanted to ask you about. uh, You were were doing some work on your grinder. What's your grinding setup like? Oh, Oh, man. It's so bad. (laughs) I want to just. It's just a one by 30. It's nothing fancy. There's nothing wrong with the one by 30? Yeah, I know. But I, I would love to get like a legit, you know, belt grinder. Man, I went to wow. um, a maker camp, a uh, high, high caliber camp yeah. uh, in Virginia. And I got to use, uh, you know, houses, uh, belt grinders. Man, though, that was amazing. I love that. So That's a camp that I haven't heard a lot about. And I saw that on your Instagram and that kind of spiked my interest a little bit. I'm interested to know, like, kind of more about it and wh- why isn't it talked about more why isn't it in the in the cir- circle of all the different maker camps that are like maker uh, camp yeah. and the Catskill maker camp is like huge with all the right. podcast guys and the makers yeah. right well like so high caliber camp was put on by austin uh he is in, he runs high caliber craftsman uh, you can find him on instagram and uh he makes really cool pens um, out of bullet casings and stuff like that. It's oh, very yeah. cool. cool. Um, actually, I got a couple of pens from him for, like, I bought some for my dad and my father-in-law. Um, they're very cool. And, um, but he, uh, we're part of like a, a maker Zoom, makers on Zoom having coffee chat. And it's just the makers in that, the, like, small group there. And, uh, so it was only by invitation only. It's not like a public uh, thing. So that's the thing. Um, because Secret it's like club. because it's like on his family's property and stuff like that. So it's not like he's going to invite the world to like the that camp. And who knows if it's going to be a annual thing. So it's it was the second time he's done it, and it's been it was great. It was my first time there, and um, everyone was amazing. Uh, his dad is a blacksmith, and so he was really cool to work with and and talk with and stuff like that. So, right on. But, yeah, that so, was that was fun. 
So uh, down in Texas, uh, you've got uh, lots of ready access to supplies and such? Uh, I mean, oh, we've got the guy who runs Blacksmith Tools. Have you seen his account? Yeah. 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 He is cool. This is the one that you sit and drool over. Oh, my gosh. Like, you, he'll show his, his shop, or not his shop, but his inventory of anvils. And I'm like, how is that? It's like, how is that possible? But yeah. he'll Advices. show up to, like, um, yeah. we used to do this thing in Bryan College Station. It's a huge um, combo demo where there'll be four or five uh, really good blacksmiths who will do a demo throughout the day and we'll like watch and learn a lot. And it's like, even like Louisiana blacksmiths come in, people all over from Texas come in. So it's a big event and he would come and he would bring his, all his really cool stuff to sell. So it it would be like a, a big area where people are bringing tools to sell forges, tongs, hammers, whatever. And he'll bring in this massive, like 1000 pound anvil, like, you know, just to obviously draw people in because you're like, this is so cool. And he'll have it on the trailer and he'll have a ton of tools, post vices, you know, wage blocks or whatever. And yeah, jewel worthy. And then they'd have some other, other vendors there too. So I actually bought, um, some, my first, besides like tongs off of like centaur forge and stuff like that. But like, from an actual person who was like making them, I bought um, some bar stock tongs from a kid who was in college station and he just started making them. It was like a 16 year old kid. And now he turns out to be a pretty popular blacksmith, which I thought was really cool. Is his name Mark Ling by any chance? Yeah. That was him. <laughs> uh, it was him. And I, that was so cool to see how well he's been doing. No kidding, dude. But man, those tongs, I used them nonstop this year because the stuff I was using needed them. And they're like really lightweight. They like with my hands, it's kind of like I don't have like a really big wide grip. I need something with a smaller grip because it wears out after a while. And his stuff was amazing and yeah. really well done for, and his parents were, his parents actually sold them to me because they were running, you know, his little sales table. Oh, that's and, great. And <laughs> he was off doing whatever. I don't know, but I just thought that was really cool to have supportive parents and stuff like that too. It's that that, really it's cool. key, dude. That if at that age, if you've got supportive parents, it's like the golden ticket to freaking put you on online to to success. Oh, for real? Yeah, I we think- had uh, Mark on the podcast back uh, episode nine. Him and uh, Ethan Hardy from oh. Alberta. Have you heard of the Chain Gang? Yes, I've seen their posts on on Instagram and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, super cool. Yeah, he was actually up in northern saskatchewan for canarn a few years ago i don't know if you've heard of canarn but that's coming up again this summer well 2023 august 3rd to 6th in fergus ontario and there's going to be a whole big lineup of amazing presenters there and mark presented back at uh, canarn Well, I guess was, I don't know how they're doing that because we did canarn virtual justin and i hosted canarn virtual Mm-hmm. last year so i don't know if they're considering that part of the canner and like 
numbering n- system. Numer- yeah, numerical system, or if we were just kind of in V and that was kind of an oddball one for them or something, uh, which yeah. I would well, imagine. I that's guess how we'll it is. find out. <laughs> I don't know. Was was the one in uh, uh, Saskatchewan 12? That'd be the easiest way to figure it out. Oh. Yeah. Uh, dude, that's mm-hmm. so cool that you got some some tongs from Mark. Or yeah. from, not from Mark, from, uh, yeah, from Mark, sorry. Wow. Turning white. <laughs> I was about to say, <laughs> you lose it, Lando. Drag her back. <laughs> All of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think, yeah, we don't have that going on anymore. The people who run that. Uh... Oh, no. Oh, that's oh. too bad. <laughs> What are you giggling about, Lando? I muted her by accident. No. Oh, <laughs> Lando. <laughs> I'm sorry I went to mute myself because I had to cough and I muted you. Whoops. Oh, man. Highly Jeez. professional podcaster running here. I won't take that personally. Lando, quit being a dick. <laughs> oh, Lando's losing it. Lando's got everybody muted. It's just me. Unmute I'm muted everybody. <laughs> and I was muted too. Son of a gun. You ah! muted everyone. <laughs> I had to manually know. unmute myself. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, I've tried to make like a nice like segue into this a bunch of times, and none of them have worked. But hey, Lando, if you wanted to up your game, how would you do it? And up, like, how would you up your blacksmithing game? Well, me personally, I've got lots of ways to up my blacksmithing game. But I wanted to suggest to Lindsay that she can up her blacksmithing game. She's only running a one by thirty right now. If you head over to MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca, he has become the new dealer for Broadbeck Grinders. They are amazing grinding systems, and he can hook you up a great deal. He's got a wicked shipping system in the United States going on, so he can get you a great deal. And you can order belts at a 10% saving from him. Buy 10, get one for free. 10 for the price of nine. I don't, dude. Do you got got an even heat or a paragon kiln? Are you running heat treating oven at at all yet? If not, Maritime Knife Supply is your place to go. And you can save yourself a hundred bucks using the code FSC Kiln. That's right. I very naturally slid us right into the sponsor read. Yeah. I did want to do it back when we started talking about the grinder and yeah. I was trying to segue us into it. (laughs) <laughs> this was not having any success. Nope. It worked. Oh, nope. that's all right. Nope. Yeah. What about what about linseed oil? You ever use that stuff? Because you get a good deal on detwillerlinseed.com if you go over and oh, use we're it. back to backing it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, there's there's going to be no nuance in this one. It's just... By the way, it is now time for advertisements. <laughs> <laughs> All our listeners, skip, skip, 30 seconds, 30 seconds. Oh, boy. It's Linseed Oil, people. It's Oil. Use the code ForgeChat10 to get 10% off something over, uh, orders over 50 bucks. 
are those guys still talking about boiled linseed oil from the Tuller linseed? Jeez Louise, man. I got to fast forward it's another three seconds. <laughs> yeah. Deal with it, yo. He's got paint now too, dude. And he's, it's I good. saw that, like, that it's kind tough. of brownish red that he was wearing. Yeah. yeah. Damn, that stuff's looking sexy. Goes on smooth. Yeah. All right, now, I actually do have some, back to some questions of some sort of relevancy here. <laughs> Lindsay, when it comes to doing your work, especially your jewelry work, are you making any of your own tools for that? Um, I mean, I'll modify some, some like, rotary tools and stuff like that to, like, get into small places and things like that. But that's about it. Yeah? <laughs> I just lost my window. <laughs> um yeah, I mean, it's not, nothing major, but I mean, that's probably something I think when I get more into it, I'll probably start more modifying more tools, but yeah, not not yeah. a whole lot. Yeah, it, it is really one of the big advantages of being a blacksmith that you can oh, yeah. make the vast majority of your own tools. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It, it's kind of, a, it feels sort of, you don't feel like you're beholden to oh, I got to go run to the store and get this like one tool to do that one thing. I can just go, oh, you know, well, actually I have done, and this is the thing, you, you do things and you just don't think it's that important, but like I'll take old drill bits that break off and then I'll um, shape them up and re-harden them and um, use them as like scribes and stuff like that. I mean, just stuff like anyone would normally do, but like that's mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, but like, I mean, I've made like tools for blacksmithing, like that, you know, to do my, like twisting, like twisting tools and, um, making stamps if I need something, you know, grind something and make a stamp, you know, just stuff like that. But I don't think it's like really special because I feel like everyone does it, so... Well, you know what, uh, though? Yeah. It's one of those things that sometimes people aren't really thinking about, just yeah. how much you can do by making and or modifying tools that you've yeah. already got. Right. Yeah. I, Have you I, tried I, ever tried making your own hammer or anything yet? So, man. Well, you mean that? Like there's a story. Well, no, it's it's not that. It's like they uh, this Texas conference blacksmithing uh uh, it's Texas Blacksmithing Conference in January. There's hammer making classes, and they're like, "Man, that would be fun to make a hammer." But I have like specific things I'd want, and like I think they're doing something that's like out of what I want to do. So like I want to make oh, okay. a, a smaller weight hammer, like a one and a half pound, and uh, but that's not normally done. So I'll just have to like maybe make my own. Yeah, yeah, so, but the I mean, uh, hammer making is a process. Blast. The process yeah. is all the same. The like process they, is exactly the same. Exactly. I make lots of like little itty bitty hammers. Mm. Um, like if I look at you know like there's a good half of my hammers are under a pound that I make. No yeah. way. Yeah, dude. I'd like to see some really those. like the the little small guys. Well, so do jewelers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was going to ask like because like the other nice thing about doing hammers that are small. Is it's if you want to, you can do it by hand with no mechanical equipment, no striker, no nothing. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. something that's very much a one man doable project. For for sure, and yeah. and a lot of the stuff, a lot of the hammers I use, like one hammer I use 
nonstop. It's, I don't even know how much it weighs. It's probably a couple ounces. Like it's, it's probably about, this is like the size of the hammerhead. Like it's about a couple inches and that's it. Like it's, yeah, like, it's tiny. There's a little, like little hammer blank. That's kind oh, of that's a lot cute. of us. That's like the size yeah. of yeah. the stock that I usually do. So, you know, like that's there's a lot awesome. of them between six and eight ounces. ounces. Mm-hmm. That looks yeah. like it's probably one inch hex stock. Uh, it's three quarter inch hex actually. Wow. Yeah. That is small. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that's, that's so just like cute. I punched one and I never got around to finish it. It's sitting in my bin o stuff to be done. Problem yeah. that I run into with punching small tools like that is the heat building up in the punch. Like you probably got a f- in 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 the water in and out in and out in and out like crazy. Yeah, eh? and mm-hmm. the other thing is you've got when you're doing really small ones like that, you really have to pay attention to your accuracy. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. like. If you're an eighth inch off and you're doing a two pound hammer, not the world's biggest yeah. deal. You can absolutely recover from that. Mm-hmm. If you're an eighth inch off and you're doing, you know, like a, a six mm-hmm. ounce, eight ounce hammer, like the smallest I've done was under four. Yeah. Like you go and try to do something like that and you're off. Like mm-hmm. throw that billet into the bucket of learning and start again because you're not going to be able to recover. Right. I think working with anything that's that small, like just from what I've learned is you've got to be so accurate uh, and it's, and it's It's noticeable if you're not. Yeah. It's a bit of a different sort of skill set that you end up needing to develop. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I could see Lindsay gravitating towards that hammer you just had there, buddy. That would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah, My favorite hammer for my jewelry stuff. Oh, (laughs) well, my favorite hammer is about half that size. Like it's, no it's tiny. Huh? Yeah, a little four ounce. Yeah, yeah, it's it's yeah. tiny. I said I've, I've made one four ounce before. That thing was itty bitty. Yeah, yeah. So those little miniature hammerheads that I've got sitting on what I thought was my miniature display are actually usable hammerheads. Depending on how big they are and how they're made, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, I think they, they some of them totally are usable, just not at my level of of work that I do type thing, right? Yeah, cuz I mean, you have to size your tools to the scale of what you're doing. But woodworkers just like love itty bitty hammers. What do they use it for? Cuz yeah. that seems like There's a really a, odd thing. Yeah, um one of the big ones is they use them for adjusting the irons on planes, like hand planes. Uh-huh. You need to be taking making very small little adjustments to get things centered uh-huh. and, and uh, sitting straight and at the right sort of depth. Um, they like getting little really thin cross pins. So when they're driving in very small nails, you can hold it between your fingers uh-huh. and let the cross pin go in between. So you're yeah, not yeah. smacking your fingers trying to set the nail. You I know, like you said it, I was just like, as you were saying, I was like, ah, have nails. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of functions for very small hammers when you're doing certain varieties, at least, of woodworking. And, I mean, something like an 8-ounce hammer, uh, a lot of guys actually like to use them as, for doing slightly more detailed work with chisels. Right? Yeah. Like, you normally, you're thinking of a chisel mallet, you're thinking of something that's quite substantial for hogging out wood. It right? depends. But... When you're doing something fine, if you're doing something that's, say, cross-grain, where you don't necessarily just want to be pushing the chisel, but yeah. 
you want to have lots of control, lots of guys will use just a little hammer. Chasing a repose, I could see them being yep. used. Well, used yeah, in, that, in the metal realm, that's definitely where you start getting your your little hammers in the jewelry work. Yeah, chasing. Repose yeah, bezel work. setting. Like I'll see yes. that a lot with bezels and um, and in. also uh, engraving. Or yeah. a lot of engravers yeah. have that. Like that. Yes. That to me would be really cool to get into, but like the setup for that is expensive. Like getting well, that that weird tool. I don't even know what that thing is called. Uh, <laughs> Have ball you bites? ever seen? Is it that's what it is? It has like multiple uh, uh, degrees of freedom. Yes. Yeah. It's called okay. the ball vice. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah. really cool. That looks. I think that's like several hundred dollars. I think. Yeah. To, you know yeah. what though? You can have a little bit of fun with engraving on like a basic level. Mm-hmm. Just by making yourself a couple of little tools and having right. a small hammer and working on it in your vice, use you know use copper or even use mild steel as mm-hmm. your as your medium. All right, you're not going to be able to get into doing all these really cool sweeping curling designs, right? But yeah. when you're first starting off and you just want to be trying to like cut a border in on something or cutting in some simple lines, mm-hmm. um, it's actually quite fun to do. And it's, cool. you know, I made a little engraving chisel out of a bar, like a little rod of a one. I had a little piece of drill rod. It's right here, actually. The, um, you know, I, I went like super simple, just flattened oh, out cool. a piece. Yeah. treated it. And it's got just a little bit of relief on the back end of the bevel. You could chisel out just little, little grooves nice. and lines. Yeah. That's great. There's, there's, I'm sure there's like, I was talking to my brother-in-law about this the other day about the exponential growth curve that you can run into in a metal industry business, welding being one of them, like as a welding business starting off can be very, very difficult unless you've got a large purse to start from to buy all the equipment that you need and everything like that. But if you take the right jobs and get them done fast enough at that curve, that growth curve can be so quick to that, that first job gave you so much income that you can turn around and totally upgrade your shop for that next job. And that next job does the same thing all over again. And blacksmithing can be the same way. You get the right, look at Kevin Stone that we just interviewed the other day there, the, mm-hmm. the artist out of Vancouver that's doing those huge sculptures, right? Like look at that exponential growth curve from starting in the back of a hot rod shop to needing to upgrade to a massive facility because that's just what he's doing now. So, And I think it also depends on growing your skill level too. Like, you yeah. know, you kind of start out in a certain way. You start with your basic tools and then as your skill level increases, then your need for different kinds of tools uh, grows. Like you, you kind of realize, oh, you know, I can be way more efficient with this or way, you know, um, or you'll need a certain tool to do something and you can make it or, you know, you can. And I totally agree with you. It was like those jobs are so helpful because like that's what I'd started doing is like, I'd get a custom work and they wanted to like, it was my first work in silver. And I was like, they're like, I'm not getting 
really a whole lot of money, but it was like, this is paying for my materials. It's paying for the tools that I would need for this actual custom work. And that is in itself, like an investment into the future, you know, it's like a way to grow. And that's really helpful. It's like when you can get that kind of job where maybe they're asking you for something that you may not have at that moment, but that will help you get to the next level. Yeah, totally. No, I, or seeing that, you know what, maybe if I just take a couple of these like lower end jobs that are available to me right now, because that's Mm -hmm. where I'm at. I'll just, if I just bust out a bunch of these smaller jobs, I can use that money to buy me the equipment that I know I need in order to do that bigger job that I know I can do that bigger job, but I need that piece of equipment to do it first. How do I Mm -hmm. get that equipment? So I got to bust my balls, get these smaller jobs done first, and then I'm moving up the ladder, right? Yeah. And I think it depends on, I think it depends on like your, your, your ability to have that foresight. Yeah. Like. To Big like time. be able to plan for the future. Cause sometimes you could easily just stay in whatever, whatever's making the money for you at that moment. Yeah. Well, and, you can get comfortable with that and that's okay too, if that's where you're at. Right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, each their own. I sometimes have to counsel some blacks, especially people who are in the kind of like relatively early stages of their sort of uh, blacksmithing as a hobby where they want to start making it self-funding. And you'll get stuck making the same sorts of things, especially if you're working like the craft fair circuits or something like that, right? And while it's absolutely, it's great to be able to make it so that your shop and your hobby doesn't cost you money, you know, um, it does limit your growth. It doesn't give you as much opportunity to just try Mm. out new things. Yeah. I think it limits your creativity too. You know? Absolutely. Like, I think Dude. that's the thing. It's like you could just make whatever people want you to make, what I, they ask you to make. But it's being able to go to the next step and say, being able to take your inspiration, take the skills that you have, and then and then create what what is really in your head, you know? Um and, and it's hard to do sh- that. Yeah. And that often shows off people. Like, you know, they don't know what you can do. What you're capable of. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah. All they're seeing is your, your bottle openers that you are knocking out and piling up like cordwood because they sell and they make you good money. The, that, you know, that customer base is not going to come to you yeah. for a knife or something sculptural mm-hmm. or whatever else it is yeah. that you're really into. Yeah. You know, so... It's it's one of those things where it's I, I would definitely not counsel anybody to be like don't sell anything just do what you love right because like yeah you know bottom lines are important here you know and right. blacksmithing can get expensive if you're not careful uh, but definitely make sure that in that process you are setting aside time to work on stuff that you want to do just because and. You know, later on, it might be the kind of thing that you can put up as you're selling, you know, speculatively, right? Seeing mm-hmm. if somebody's interested in it, or it might be the thing that draws somebody in to be like, hey, I want something like that, but different. Yeah. And I also say is that don't get disappointed if it doesn't sell. Like that came out, you know, this came from your creativity and 
you just have to wait and be patient because it may not sell in three to six months, but my kind of idea is it just hasn't, the right person hasn't come along to, yeah. to buy it, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause you know, not everything I make is for everyone, you know, like I, I make some weird stuff and not everyone wants origami earrings. Like, I don't know. So like, it's just kind of weird and not there, but. It's like, oh, while I am not in the market for some, uh, they are very cool. <laughs> but it's more of like, hey, you know, like if that really speaks to that one person, that makes me feel better than, you know, like them all selling out or whatever. But yeah, you know, it's just, it's, you just got to create and, and just play in the shop too. Like I always find that that's really good too. Yeah, for sure. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, that little like house, I don't know, is it an ornament yeah. or a necklace or what? What is it? That thing is really um, cool. That was a silver. Uh, I so I hand hand pierced it. So I cut it out with my saw, and then I file. It was silver sheet. Yeah, metal. and you and folded it I, around. Yeah, yeah, and and I I folded it, but then I soldered all the the edges of it. So like, even though like it folded, you still solder that fold. So what you do is you file that where you want the fold. So you do like a 45 degree, uh, you remove like metal right where that fold is. You fold it at a 90 degree angle and then you run, um, flux and then you put a little bit of solder then you heat that and that, that solder fills that gap. And right. so I soldered all those connections and then I added a roof. And then what I ended up doing was I acid etched it. So I like drew a design on there with like oil paint. Oh, and that's how you got that on there. Yeah. Like, a, I was wondering, like cause a, there's such little fine details on uh-huh. it. And I'm just like, how on earth does she manage that? <laughs> so I take like an extra fine Sharpie oil paint pen and like I drew in all the little details Cool. And um, and you got to clean the metal really good when you et- before you etch it too, and do all that. And mm. then I threw it in like a muriatic acid bath and let it sit in. No, wait, no, this was silver, not muriatic acid. I take that back. Sorry. Most of my etching, I use muriatic acid, but for silver, you it doesn't work. Um, I use uh, ferric nitrate. That's what I use for silver. So totally different nitrate. Yes. Yes. So not ferric chloride, ferric nitrate. Well, you could use ferric chloride. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, like, like both silver nitrate and silver chloride are common, you know, like, uh, you know, silver based chemicals. So it makes sense that in an acidic reaction, you'd end up with, you know, taking the, uh, basically a, a replacement reaction. Yeah. And so I used ferric nitrate to etch it. And, um, I think it's a little bit cleaner than other etchants. I think that's why I went with it and, uh, yeah, etched that. And then I soldered on a, like a silver bezel and then I put in a garnet stone into that. Yeah. It looks like a little rose window on the back. It's really cool. Yeah. It looks like a little birdhouse. Like I didn't expect it to look like a birdhouse. I thought it would look more like a gingerbread house, but 
Um, well, it does have to... the very cute sort of roof yeah. angle to uh-huh. uh, like that yeah, very yeah, yeah. cottagey look. Yeah. I, w- I mean, that was like a really, f- that was kind of like playing in my head for a really long time. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to make one, you know, and I ended up making it. It was really fun to make. Um, at the very end of it though, this is the other thing. It's like, you know how in blacksmithing you'll be, if, especially if you're doing a coal forge, because this has happened many times. Because I only time I do coal forging is when I'm with groups of people, and so I like have my piece of work and I you know spend an hour making whatever half hour making something really nice and dainty, and it's like the very last stage. And then someone like asks me a question. And I look over and I'm like talking to them, answering it, and I'm like, oh shit! I see sparks flying off, and then it's like my piece melted, and I'm like, yeah. man, all that work just done. You know, it's such a humbling experience. So like. I have yeah. no idea what that's like. <laughs> I'm, like I'm, I'm sure you guys know very well that experience. So, the, yeah. the, house, the, most, the most recent rage hole in my door. Oh no! <laughs> so, like that that silver house at the very end, I'm soldering on a little uh, silver ring on the top so that like a necklace can go through it, and I guess I was getting really confident in myself with soldering and I wasn't like, I didn't set it up as nice and neat as like all my other things. So it kind of hung a little bit and then it all went to shit. Like all of the silver wire fell and soldered onto my roof and like screwed up the whole thing. And I had to like start over, not start all the way over, but I had to like scrape it off sand it down, remove all this, like I had solder wire sticking everywhere. Oh no. And and then I had to like sand it all off, file it all off. And then obviously all the etching is screwed up. And so I had to redraw everything on it. And like, I had pretty much like a day's work of work all gone. And and so, yeah, I was really, I was not a fun person to be around the rest (laughs) of the day. So yeah, that reminds me very much of my recent draw knife experiences. Oh man! Yeah. Well, what happened? So I had made a a draw knife, forged it out of a piece of uh, railway track clip. Uh, I'm typically not one to use recycled steels for exactly this reason, but railway track clip I found just does a really good job of making a draw knife. It's uh, it's kind of like 6150, 6160 sort of steel. And uh, I'd had no problems with it, most part, the whole way through. Um, you know, forged it out, quick machining on the bottom of it, then off to hand sanding, you know, grind in the bevel, sand that in, polish everything up to like, you know, 600, well, 220 heat treat, then the rest of the polishing. So sit there hand sanding for hours and hours and hours because it's got to be pretty perfectly mm-hmm. flat. Your bevel angle has to be consistent. There's a lot of tedious, mm-hmm. abrasive work. And I was going to peen the handle on. So essentially I had a square that transitioned to a round and then a ferrule with the hand well. Mm-hmm. Handle like that. Right mm-hmm. with a brass or a bronze uh, washer in the bottom, and I was going to peen the end of the tang so that it would lock that handle on just perfectly. 
And for whatever reason, like I don't, it didn't have it supported well enough in the vice, and it was starting to get a little bit of bounce and cranking the vice closed and trying to do everything. And yeah, sure enough, I cracked one of the handle tangs clean off of the thing after all yeah. these hours and hours and hours of work doing uh. all of this miserable polishing and stuff. It was just like, yeah, there there was a new rage horn hole in the door that day. And so that one that one will now be my personal draw knife. <laughs> I'm gonna take weld it back together and then uh, I've got a new one started for the uh gentleman who ordered it. Out of O one, a nice predictable easy steel. Vigorously <laughs> knocking on wood. <laughs> what was the other one? Fifty one sixty you said? Yeah, it, track clip, right? So it is a bit of a mystery uh, steel, but it behaves yeah. It behaves a lot like 5160. It's right. alloy content. It's got added vanadium to it. Yeah. So it's it's closer to what you would call a 6160 or 6150. Okay. Would that possibly have had any microstructure issues in it? Um, that is part of what happened. Okay. It, it was a confluence of things. Like one, I had to heat treat it in my forge because it didn't fit in my heat treating oven. So not mm, ideal. Yeah. Um, it also, you know, track clips are not only used pieces of steel, but they're a used piece of steel that is, you know, it's helping to hold the tracks down while a freaking locomotive goes over it. Like that steel does go under a, a fair bit of strain. So, yeah. you know, there's a good deal of possibility there was some, um, some micro cracks in there. There were some dark spots in it where I was looking afterwards. And it's like, yeah, it doesn't look like it was good. And then <laughs> I also just, the way I had it held for when I was doing my painting, it was just not properly supported. I was getting frustrated and I hit it too hard. And all of those things combined together equaled, you know, a, a couple of weeks of work at the rate I work. Yeah. Down the drain. Wah, wah. Hey, Lindsay, I'm interested to know um, that camp that you went to, you guys made an axe there. Did you guys mm-hmm. make that from a, like, just a solid billet of steel or? You... Uh, so Austin, he went through several iterations uh, of that project before we got there. So it was kind of, Set, and he found that the uh, so Harbor Freight. Do you guys have Harbor Freight? Where you guys? Princess Auto is what we call it here. Same okay. thing. Yeah. So I mean, you can get really cheap, not that great tools there. Yeah. Some some of the stuff though, I still use though. Um, like I still use a welding table that I got there. Um, but he found that the ball peen hammer heads actually pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the throwing axe. It's not like it's going to be no. doing. I, that's why I asked. I was looking at it. I was like, I think that was a ball peen hammer. I'm pretty yeah, sure it that was. that's what that was. Yeah. You know what? I, the ball peen hammer of uh, Tomahawk is a classic beginner yeah. project. It's one of the first things yeah. I ever forged. Oh, cool. Yeah. Uh, actually, hammer I, mean, hatchet. I never made a hatchet before. I never did anything like that. And it was really fun. Uh, yeah, and he really thought through that 
process really well. So yeah, it was great. I've I've got a whole bucket full of um, ball peen hammers, and that's what I was saving them for was to possibly do that. Or there's another thought that I've got is uh, there's an artist I follow, Michelle. Ebert, I think, is her last name. Or is it Hoff? Oh, no. Now I can't remember her name. But anyways, she will take a ball-peen hammer and turn it into a um, hummingbird. With her her welding process. Is she... Where is she located? Because... On Facebook. Okay. That's where I've... I I don't know if she's She's on... She's located on Facebook. Well, Well, oh, duh. I know there's a blacksmith artist who lives somewhere in the Southwest, maybe in Texas. I don't remember. But she makes these uh, gates and she makes hummingbirds. And she's really well known for her hummingbirds. And I've seen other demos, like they'll make... um, like a hummingbird out of like that bronze, uh, the forging bronze you can do. Um, yeah, silicone and, bronze. Hmm? Silicone bronze, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it's a really cool process. I mean, you you can definitely do that just by you know making several cuts in the in the stock, and then just. Uh, Forging out, you know, forging out those those wings and what you do with the ball, the uh, ball of the ball peen, that would be the head of it. Yeah, yeah. And then you would, then the the other side of it is you take that the other end and you make, I think four cuts, and that you have a tail. You kind of yep, uh, yeah, just wedge it what out, and then the wing. To the eye? Actually, Hers are actually made from claw hammers, sorry, not ball peens. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. That, uh, the claw hammers make sort of sense. Uh, yeah, I get so that. she she welds the wings on. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. No, what I saw is you do it for one piece. Ah. But you don't do like the eye is like they didn't do a hammer, it was like solid. Okay, but, yeah. Like yeah, doing yeah, yeah. some of that sculpture work out of solid, I totally get. Yeah. yeah, like that is not uh, my forte, shall we say? I am not uh, a uh, a decorative blacksmith or an artistic mm-hmm. blacksmith at all. That's something I've just never really gotten into. Although I gotta say, here's my shout out for the show: if you want to see somebody who's really come along in their artistic forging, Shane fucking Stackpole. Oh, no kidding, eh? No Shane kidding. Shane Stackpole. Stackpole? Okay, yes. I haven't heard of him. He's local okay. to, to Nick. He's in yeah. Nick's area. Yeah. Alright, i have to check that out. Shane and I have uh, have worked together in the past. He's doing his own thing now. Like, we, we do very different types of smithing, right? Yeah. But uh-huh. um, yeah. some of the stuff that he is knocking out now is just gorgeous. Yeah, that, like, weird tree thing he made. I'm like, dude, fuck yeah, that's my jam right there, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's like, making some really interesting stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Hi- Tyler Dyes is another guy that's just freaking flooring me with his freaking artistic abilities, man. I don't know if you've been following him at all, Nick, but he's... Uh, oh, no, I don't think I am. 
You should, man. We interviewed him. Oh, geez. Ugh. Tyler was back way back you now. Drag me yeah. into this. <laughs> yeah, that was that would have been me. And uh, oh, geez. So Tyler is episode nineteen, and he's like he's full time now, running everything, doing real good there, getting his hands dirty and all sorts of stuff. But man, his artistic ability is so so clean and spot on. I'm just like. I'm jealous, man. It is seeing these guys that decided to go full time and they're just exploding, doing good, man. Like good for them. Good yeah, for absolutely. Them. Yeah, I like. Yeah, I really gravitate more to the art. You know, the artist blacksmith stuff. Um, the tool making, I'm, I'm kind of like, eh, it's okay. Like my tools are, they get the job done. They're not, they're not pretty. So, uh, oh, you think I've got pretty tools in my shop? <laughs> All my pretty tools that. go to customers. <laughs> you, you've well, got yeah, Mark. Thing, right? You've got Mark Ling around the corner from you. If you need nice tools, you just give him a holler. Exactly. Like that's yeah. the thing. It's like I know, I know Smiths. I'd rather support the people who like can do it right than like me spend my spend my energy towards making like a tool where I know like I can get a way better one. Someone with some, you know, for someone who like that's their thing, like, yeah, if that's yeah. their thing is making tongs. Like, I'll totally 100% support you. It's like, that's that at least that's kind of how I see it. But because um, I have like I've, a lot of ideas and you know, like all the sculpture stuff, and I'm like, man, I want to do this and this and this. I just can't always like put that that energy towards that. Yeah, so. I'm of two minds on it, like, yeah. one. Absolutely. Like, I totally agree that when, like, if you've got the money to be able to go out and buy the tongs from somebody and it's not an urgent thing, like, I need tongs now, absolutely, go buy them from somebody. I get it. Um, However, being able to knock out okay tongs in a pinch can really save your butt. Like there's been yeah. a lot of times where I've been in the middle of projects and I'm having like I'm struggling to hold on to something and going, I really need a set of tongs like this. And yeah. just stop, take the time, forge out a quick and very ugly set of tongs that will do the job and then get back to for- working on the actual project. But, but what it do is you a do? worthwhile skill to have. But what do you do if you don't have the money? And it's faster to just buy a pair of tongs. Then what do you do? See, now you're in big trouble. Now it's like, okay. Learn to make tongs. Do I take the time to learn how to make tongs when I should be making other stuff that's going to make me money? Or do I just buy the tongs? It is... It should be a foundational skill for all blacksmiths, in my opinion. That's true. You should know how to do it. You don't need to be able to make real nice ones, right? But just get to a point where you can make a functional set of tongs. And pliers. Pliers work great for that. (laughs) (laughs) No! Bad rando. No. <laughs> Next thing you're gonna tell people, oh yeah, is use vice grips. Oh man. Is that wrong? It adds texture. It adds texture. 
<laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> or you you call up your friend who is a like blacksmith veteran and maybe they will have like the tongs you need. Hey, we're not all friends with Mark Ling, okay, Lindsay? Yeah, like, I'm not friends with on. him. <laughs> just to be clear, I don't think I ever met him. I just met his parents, so I'm friends with his parents. <laughs> well, there you go. Call up his parents. There you go. Further ahead than I am. <laughs> oh. So, no, I mean, I'm just, that's my opinion. Is like, if, if I have, like, a short amount of time, though, I only have three hours in the day to work, I want to put that towards, like, the commission but, that I need to work yeah. on. The yeah. project that you actually want to do. Yeah. And I totally get yeah. that. Like I said, it's just one of those things that you should be able to do to get yourself out of a tight spot. But Lindsay oh, also yeah. had Lindsay also had a very important aspect of that, and that's the creative thing. And we spoke about this a little bit earlier in the conversation about how creativity is kind of getting drowned out. And it's something that I actually just listened to a study about is how over time, as artists, we have been basing our art off of previous art and basing it off of previous art. And as we go forward, our creativity has been getting drowned out because of that. So if you're focusing on... I would have to read this. If you're focusing on the, on the, making the, the tool versus allowing yourself to just let your creative juices flow and that is this that's that's a tough thing for a lot of people to understand that aren't in the artistic mindset about about having that ability to let your artistic juices flow that they're they're just they're not always there you can't just turn them on out of nowhere and and they do come out of nowhere almost seemingly sometimes and you have to take it for when it comes and it's just like this is the moment this is it i have to soak it up as an artist because this is this is what i wait for mm-hmm. I can't create this half the time. I have to take it when I get it. I don't know. That's me. I mean, fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Just, you know, like yeah. I am not a profoundly artistic person, right? You know, I can kind of draw. I think my tools are pretty, but a lot of times they're also pretty in a very technical sense, like pretty, pretty ugly. Hey, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've bashed my work, man. I'm not cool with this. Hey, you're cute. Don't worry. <laughs> I I am not cute by any stretch of the imagination. I think you are, but that's just me. It's, it's the scarred up, balding, fat guy with a patchy beard and the missing teeth. Oh, you got a missing tooth. I didn't notice that before. Yeah. It doesn't show up on the camera very well. Yeah, oh. no, it's it's ugly. It's it's one tooth back enough that you don't really see it unless you're looking for it. Mm -hmm. It Oh, Sudbury, what a town. I've had multiple teeth replaced now at this point in my life. Yeah. How'd you lose yours? Hockey. Ah, Very Canadian. Very Canadian of you. It's uh, it's how it's supposed to be done, dude. I got sucker punched. I think I might have lost one skateboarding, actually, now that I think about it. But, well. yeah, Sucker no. punch. That yeah, I made it all the way through Afghanistan, back in Canada for like two weeks, and I got sucker punched outside of a bar <laughs> in Sudbury and lost a tooth. Son of a bitch. Wow. With brass knuckles, too. It's like, come on, oh, guys. Oh, oh man. Fuck. That's oh, that's rough. 230. 
Shout out to 230. Yeah, it's a, I had some 230 there for a day or two. That's an Instagram account that makes brass knuckles. Oh, my God. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> that is an amazing pun. An amazing name for someone that breaks brass knuckles. Right. Oh, oh, it could be their face, their, their brand, you know, just like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there right. you go. That's That should be their new. Oh, man. I think we uh, got to no. wrap this up and head over to uh, an after show of, of sorts if we're going to do that here and uh, mm-hmm. throw on the uh, Kalu Kaku. Sounds good. That's good. Hey, hey do you know what the Kalu Kaku is, Lindsay? No. Oh. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I'm well, like, okay, sounds good. <laughs> To be fair, I didn't do a Christmas Kurukuku last episode, and I should have. So, on that note, Good day. Good day. Are we even still using that music? Yep, it's still there. Okay, we're going cool. into season. We're going into season three next episode. Hey, how do we define exactly when seasons stop? Is it just like the year? Yeah. Okay. I figured it made it easy. Justin and I technically started this three years ago through the Manitoba Blacksmith Guild, but we didn't actually start putting out podcasts until September, August, maybe, I think, somewhere around there, maybe even October of that year. So we were almost, the year was almost done when we actually started this. Actually, do I have a date on here? No, I don't have a date on on the list. Um, but yeah, so yeah, because the twelve host heads was pretty early on. Yeah, technically that all kind of start twelve ep- twelve host heads. Shit, yeah, no kidding, that was very early. Uh, episode twenty one. So, eh, twenty one weeks back, whatever month that would have been, that would have been yeah, somewhere around September, I think. Then right. Which was shortly after the Can Iron stint that we did, which was what was kind of like the real push. Like, okay, you guys, yeah, know what you're fucking doing. Time to do this. Time to put yourselves out there. It's obvious. Do we? Do we really? <laughs> I'm a good pretender, dude. Yeah, we're very much faking it to make it this. Yeah, it's, it's my model in life, man. It's how I roll. Yeah, 100%. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> I totally go go for that ideal because I think most people in life are doing that. You got to wonder sometimes, hey? I don't know. I feel like there's like this group of people out there that like, that really know what the fuck they're doing, man. And they just have the world in the palm of their hands because they're like, whatever. We, we know what we're doing. We can control you. Fine. Politics. That's right, dude. This is like <laughs> conspiracy shit. 
falling into. Wow, damn, thank you. Are you talking about lizard people? No, I'm just kidding. Lando probably is talking about the lizard people, no one can. Lindsay, me and you can talk after. We're cool. (laughs) Nick, you can take off, eh? You do realize that the lizard people trope is basically just anti-Semitism with a coat of paint. You do realize that. It's... It is. It's... it's, I'm not saying I I think that's real. I just think it's... I think think people think that it's real, and so that's weird. So, sorry, but that's... Is that political to talk about that? I don't know. Maybe it Uh, is. Okay, yes. People believe all sorts of weird things. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. For real. I'm not going to say I believe it. I'm not going to say I don't believe it. I don't know what the fuck I believe, to be honest, man. There's so much shit in this world that we've been like, nope, that ain't possible. Ten years later, well, look at that, would you? Or vice versa. No, this is this is how it happened, you guys. This is exactly how it happened 20 years later. Yeah, we lied to you. Like, it's happened so many fucking times, man. It just leads you into this, like, I don't know. Like, you don't know what's going on. I, w- Simple I wouldn't tell you what, Na- what secrets I learned at NASA. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know where the aliens are. <laughs> Quiet. What <laughs> is it? An alternative reason that that spaceship crashed. Oh, man. No, no, no. I mean, there's so many different conspiracy theories about, you know, NASA stuff and all that. About everything in life. Look, if there's one organization that I do not think has ever had any conspiracies, it's bloody NASA. Yeah. They don't have the money for that. <laughs> NASA yeah. is just like they are so bloody poor. And they're trying to use like they're trying to make these amazing projects with nowhere near enough money to do it. Right. Like, you think they're yeah. wasting time on conspiracy theories? Yeah. When you got guys like Clay Spencer Working at NASA, there's no way they're hiding shit, man. He would have spilt the beans. Oh, yeah. yeah. There would have been so many different people saying stuff. Because, like, a lot of the people who there, they think they're, you know, they think with their minds. They, they you know, they won't be told yeah. what to do. Like, a lot of the people I worked with, they're like, you don't tell me to do shit. Kind of thing. And I was like, all right. Yeah, NASA's not known for hiring, you know, like, moldable idiots. Rock rats. Yeah. So I'll try to remember to remove that. I got a lot of editing to do this podcast, man. We were all over the place with shit. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. sorry. Wherever. It's not your <laughs> fault. This is the way it always is. Yeah. But that's just how my mind works. It's like you say something and then my mind goes, oh, this, and then, oh, that. Like it's just rabbit trail after rabbit trail. Hey, Honestly, you're me? not even that bad. Try talking to Lando on the regular. It's like, <laughs> it's like trying to herd cats. At least we have a topic that we can kind of stay focused on with this conversation. Get mm-hmm. me into a, like a r- actual conversation about like just talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, like even on the podcast though, I'm sitting there being like, "Come on, let's go on to something relevant." Let's... 
<laughs> yeah, I was sitting there trying to steer. It's like, oh, this is a good spot for a sponsor, Reed Lando. Oh, we're over here now. That's what the chat thing is for. <laughs> I, I I feel the same thing sometimes, Nick. Man, it happens, dude. You feel like what? Like you're trying to get me onto the sponsors? <laughs> it's happening. Never happened. have a problem with that. You sometimes will like totally not give me anything that I need to know for the sponsor reads. You just hold up a piece of paper to the screen like I can read this. <sighs> How do I work with this? Do you see what I got to work with? On? Like, come uh, on. Geez, uh, the, the beer that I had today was a uh, Torque Brewing. Uh, it's a Winnipeg brewing company, and it's called Frenemies. It's a hoppy Belgian wheat ale, 4.7%. It was rather tasty. I was uh, pretty oh, happy with cool. it. I like the cover of it. It's got a uh, – it looks like a gopher in his football uniform – Squaring up against a crow in his football uniform. Interesting. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I save these labels and I attach them to my cabinet as decals. So that, that one spoke to me when I saw the label. I was like, "Fuck yeah, that's going on the cabinet." Mm-hmm. Go cool. I really switched things up there out of nowhere. Eh? I was just like, "Fuck." Yeah, you know, I like, yeah. left, like squirrel. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> this is what I'm drinking. It's a Thistley Cross Cider. It's a Scottish cider. And, oh, cool. uh, uh, and they make several different kinds. I think this one's like the original kind, but they also have like a whiskey cask cider, which Ooh. I had before, and that was really good too. I could imagine that would be nice. Mm-hmm. I am unfortunately stuck with water. Curse you, pain meds. <laughs> when you think of a Canadian, what do you think Canadians drink? What's their What's their go to? Me? Yeah. Well, I would think beer, Most piss, and uh, seal blood. Are, are you <laughs> talking like a brand of beer, or no? Just like yeah, type type of alcohol. Because I was listening to a thing today. It was, I don't know if you've ever heard of Charlie Barron's. He's a, a comedian from the Midwest. Okay. They, he has a podcast or whatever, and he had a caller call in. They were like, well, tell us about your, your dream Canadian. And it's, oh, well, he's wearing his, uh, his bib overalls there. And, you know, he's, he's, probably got, he's probably got some whiskey on him. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Number one, jeans and plaid shirt, lady. And it's beer. Come on now, you hoser. Take off, eh? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, come on. I know more than a few Canadians that are fond of the rye. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, yeah, but if you're describing your typical Canadian, jeans, plaid shirt, beer. Yeah. And or Tim Hortons. With a mouse in the bottom of it so you can get your free one. You afterwards, <laughs> yep. Of course. You, you know the trick, right? You go to the store and you buy baby mice because a real size mouse doesn't fit in the mouth of the bottle, right? So you get baby mm-hmm. mice and you put them in the mouth of the bottle and then you feed him until he turns into a big mouse and then you fill the bottle back up with beer and then you take it in and say, I found a beer in my mouth or a mouse in my beer. Eh? I, I found a beer in my mouse. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. 
Yeah. It's like pulling a hat out of a rabbit. Of a rabbit out of a hat. It's a big rabbit in its mouth. Yeah. Which hole did you pull that hat out of? <laughs> that would be one hell of a magic trick. No kidding. Dude, they've been doing it wrong all along. What the fuck? Yeah. I, somebody has to have thought of this at some point. Hey, I, I'm messaging my cousin Tyson like right now, man. He's a comedian or he's a magician in Vegas, dude. He's totally going to add that to his ass. Be like, how, how much have you been drinking? Oh, no. No, he, he's the type of guy that would get a good kick out of it for sure. He's, yeah. he's, he's an odd. Well, you got to be to be a freaking magician in Vegas, right? That'd yeah. That, would, that seems like a really tough thing to do. Yeah, you'd have to be a very uh, interesting variety of person to be able to be successful at that. He's an extremely, like eccentric person man he's, he's a very interesting character to say the least and he's done like cruise ships and all sorts of stuff like that and whatnot and born and raised in winnipeg brother of uh three boys three brothers and his uh father if i'm not mistaken does radio broadcasting and stuff like that it's either his father or his uncle that does radio broadcasting that the whole family kind of like fell and one brother is a famous dj that now runs a um uh, music label in Toronto. The other brother does race cars down in South Carolina. They're successful people. The Paleys. Very, very. The uh, Grant was he was the DJ of a very, uh, very cool Canadian band. Oh shoot! Uh, yes, that remember. very cool Canadian band. Yeah, awesome. Way to go, Lando. Forget the name of it. I, I'm like, I can't remember. sitting there trying to like go through my mind. You're like, cool Canadian bands. I'm like, no, Moses no, they're all kind of all kind of lame, really. No, Mo- <laughs> Moses, look it up. Moses Macis. They're like a, a funk jazz kind of band, and he did. He was the DJ for them. Very, very interesting music. Very like loungy chill music great great music in the shop dude excellent music in the shop if you're into jazz fair enough i I do like jazz (laughs) i I fucking love jazz diana crawl dude i'll throw on diana crawl on a regular man if i just need if i need some clean head head headspace man diana crawl is my go-to for that man yeah i mean if i'm gonna listen to jazz it kind of goes in one of two directions um, either the sort of the the Miles Davis, Coltrane sort of virtuosic group, or the complete opposite direction, the like Glenn Miller and like big band kind big of swing. Band. Yeah, swing. Yeah. yeah. Like I have that? to be in a special mood for that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's like... It puts me in a special mood. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. <laughs> yeah, but, I, I mean, I gotta no, say, that uh, really uh, work music for me, though. No, no, more like drinking music, eh? Yeah, like drinking yeah. by yourself music. <laughs> Henceforth, <laughs> why it falls into work music for me? Because <laughs> I tend to drink by myself when I'm working. Yeah. So, Lando, you might have a problem. 
You know, I've considered that aspect before, <laughs> hence the fact that I decided to try to quit drinking there for a while. But yeah, I, it's I don't know, man. Is, is it is it a problem if it's not causing a problem? Like I don't know, but some days I feel like it is a problem because it's like don't don't do that, dude. And it's like, but but I but I want to. But you, you you shouldn't. You don't need to. So you, Lando, poor impulse control? Never. Yeah, my whole life, eh? <laughs> you know me or something, dude. Yeah. It feels like I've gotten to know you at least a little bit over this last while. Strangely, very well. Yep. Like, you knew me before type thing? It's, it's odd, yeah. It's, I like it. It's very interesting, to say the least, to see how you've... Just God to like be part of my life out of nowhere, dude. Like it was so weird. It's just like I, you have me on one podcast, and the next thing you know. Yeah. So yeah. that's how you guys met was through a like you well, okay, I, so you, I was a guest. Yeah. Yeah, but so you didn't know each other before that? Nope. Nope. Uh, Never even oh. talked to the dude before. Oh, okay. Uh, we See, we like, sent I just, a couple of messages on Instagram just because you know, I had some buddies who were on the show and a little bit That's of talk. Great. And yeah. then they invited me on as a guest, and I just never left. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's like, That's hey, cool. you want to try to do this with us? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. When do I start? <laughs> I'm not that energetic, really. <laughs> It's just how I hear everything, dude. That's me. That's my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Lindsay, like, when you're in the shop, do you listen to tunes? Uh, it depends. Like, I'll I'll just have like um, like an indie indie radio station I like to listen to because I like finding out new music and they'll play a lot of different stuff. Yeah. And so, it, like, varies from like like the classics. Like Rolling Stones to like uh, new stuff that just came out, like and and I like that. But I'll listen to podcasts while I I'll work or audiobooks. I know that sounds weird, but not like, at I'll all. Listen to audiobooks. Yeah, like I'll listen to audiobooks, and it's like sci-fi fantasy books because that's kind of what I'm into, and that like inspires a lot of stuff too. So oh, cool. Yeah. So that's what I listen to. But, I used to like watching Comic Con videos in the background on my TV while I was working. And I try doing that, but I can't. Like, I can't look at something while I'm like working on something because I yeah. I lose focus. Yeah, I that's need to just be able to listen. To I, yeah. I would find myself like staring at the TV for five minutes and be like, "Oh shit, back to work." Yeah. yeah. But man, some of those Comic Con fucking videos, the costumes that those guys do are fucking crazy dude they're like, insane they're insane yeah kind of I, I did find a little bit of inspiration from that too because the amount of effort that goes into that stuff man like that's it's, it's inspirational mm-hmm. those cosplayers take shit serious yeah like they're down to the every little detail like replicate you know they try to replicate everything and especially like the star wars uh guilds do you know no, about those? Guys like they are have nuts. I know it's insane, and and 
they come to, there's a, a Star Wars guild that comes to the Houston Comic Palooza. And I've been to that a lot of times because our makerspace, we do like a, we do events and we'll have our stuff. We'll bring things in there for, for the public to do. Um, but I always go make a point to like go check out what everyone else is doing. And the Star Wars Guild, they go, they make everything. Like they make their props. They make all these different cool things. And it's like their costumes are down. Like every little detail is exact. And it's, it's very cool. It looks almost more detailed than the costumes they use in the actual in the movies. movies. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And I bet you if you put out a casting call to all those guys that are into that stuff and we're like, we're interested in doing a movie, would you guys be interested in showcasing all of your work to us for free? And every one of them would be just like, we get to be in a Star Wars movie? Oh, boy, let's do this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they do that kind of stuff with historical reenactors for films all the time. Right, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Especially down in the States, those Civil War guys. They're nuts. Like, they're equally, like, just so incredibly detailed in their, their, you know, like, reenactor garb and, like, you know, portraying specific people and stuff even. It's just, it's bonkers. Oh, yeah. Like, when I started doing the historical uh, blacksmith demos at the farm, uh, they wanted me to like get into the late 1800s dress. And so I messaged this guy in a blacksmithing group. I'm like, so what do I wear? Like, and, and he was like, you can't wear anything with buttons. It has to be this collar, like, and this corset and this and this. And I'm like, uh, no, like I, hard, I'm hard not pass. Gonna, hard pass. I'm like I'm not going to blacksmith in, in a corset. That's freaking ridiculous. No kidding. It was insane. So? Like all these restrictions and stuff. And so did you just did you just not do that? But no, because you do do it. So like, what do you dress up for that then now or uh-huh. how far yeah, you go? Like, um, well. In the previous years, like, I got, like, a linen skirt, like, all the way, obviously, down to my feet. And, like, this, I remember, like, actually sewing, or went to, like, Goodwill. Like, that was a great place to find really weird stuff. And stuff with no buttons, or, like, buttons that were hidden. And, like, I modified stuff. Like, actually, like, started sewing some stuff and, like, changed up things. And, like, I got... You know, like that was my first outfit to wear, but, but like I show up and my mentors are there and they're like in jeans and like uh, just a regular <laughs> shirt. I was like, what the fuck? You I spent all this time assholes. on this. Yeah. I was like, this is not fair. And to, and to blacksmith in like a, a big skirt is really annoying. So like the pre, the next year is like I just would wear jeans, but. But There's no picture year, of you like, wearing that on here, is there? On your Instagram? Um, yeah, there is. is if there? you like you have to go down well no, I think. Um Oh yeah. Uh yeah, you'll see like there? a little scene that's like a picture of my daughter and and I got her like a little outfit and she was she liked wearing it. And I got I dressed up and it's like a little real I did. And we're coal forging. She was a great, she like was running the blower while I was forging. It was nice. 
That is so awesome, man. I'm, and I'm, you can see her blacksmithing in the back too. So, but yeah, I'm wearing that dress and hat and stuff like that. But that was like, that's the time I do my cosplay, but it's like the reenactment stuff. And it's not at all. Like that's the closest I'll get to like anything late 1800s and stuff like that. And I'm sure like all the like real people who do that, they're like, you're not wearing a corset. You're not wearing a petticoat. You don't count, you know, whatever. (laughs) I don't care. It's Texas is usually 80 degrees when I'm doing that. No way. And you must wear everything will be linen or wool. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Nick, can I tell you a dicey joke, buddy? Well, you can always tell me a dicey joke. (laughs) Whether or not this ends up in the after show. eh. (laughs) It's a Chuck Norris joke. Oh, well, Chuck Norris jokes are always amazing. Mm-hmm. I too was once trapped in a woman's body. Then I was born. <laughs> I think I heard that one. That's not dicey. That's just lame. <laughs> okay. I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was kind of like hitting the political incorrectness with the way the world is today. No. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I think that one's okay. I All think right. just due to its lameness. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm so, I'm so wrong with the things I say that I never know if I'm saying something that's like super inappropriate or not. I just, because I just, my filter level, right? You know that. Yeah. It's it, the impulse control thing. No. Yeah. No, Even funny. when I have to think about it, I still have a hard time thinking about it. Yeah. Uh, the funny thing is, all the ones that you seem to put a lot of, like, thought into and you ask me, is like, hey, you think this is okay? They're always fine. All the ones where you don't ask me are always the ones where it's like, Lando, what are you doing? <laughs> you always put so much thought into these such trivial little things. It's like, yeah, this is fine, man. Like, But you'll go you on Facebook a- and just stir the pots. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, man? Why is my you feed be- flooded with Lando posts? <laughs> Can I do? Can I make everybody happy, man? Oh man, you're a loose cannon. Might as well piss them all off instead. (laughs) (sighs) No, it's it's come back and bitten me in the ass before. So you know, what can I do? I learn my lesson every once in a while. I think we all do that. I mean, do you really? (laughs) Oh yeah, we may not learn our lesson, but (laughs) hopefully, maybe it might makes you pause the next time. Yeah, like. You have something, you know? So well, everybody I, sticks their foot stuff. into their mouth now and again. Oh yeah, totally. Like there's stuff I said last week that I'm like, yeah. Or even like during this podcast, I'm like, man, I should, probably shouldn't have said that. Oh well. Really? <laughs> See, Nick has a tell. He's like, mm. <laughs> Well, I mean, if you if there's anything you want me to take, oh you just let me know and I'll take it out. That's not a problem. Nah, it's fine. I thought everything that you said was fine. That Lando, oh, character on the, that Lando character, on the <laughs> other hand, every now and again, I'm just like, oh. Nah, it's good. Probably, like, 
when I was talking about my roommate liking vacuuming, that was a little weird. I was like, yeah, that could be that's taken off. Weird. Really weird. No, now. that's not weird at all. It's that's like not... one of those things where you're saying stuff, you're like, oh, wow, this this isn't, no, it's not not how I At least they didn't have a, a sexual affliction with the vacuum. I mean, that would have been weird. <laughs> well, don't, I don't know. Uh, vacuuming my room. I won't judge her, you know, for, for if she does, you know, whatever, you know, everyone has their thing. So uh, it's different when you're a girl there, Nick. <laughs> let's hear, let's hear that impression, buddy. Come on. Can I do a female version of doofy from doofy. scary movie saying the vacuum line? <laughs> I, I, this should be your subway. Uh, you too many levels there. Like it's like, can I do I'm, a female doofy? I I'm pushing you into. I, I'm pushing you, you into wrong it one thing. thing. First, the female female doofy, and then you then you work work on that saying. Try to think of step how to do step. it. What would a female oh, doofy sound like? It's terrible. It's like me doing more. It's like me doing the Canadian accent. It's like I did Australian, and and I always find like no, when once like, when once I gave you the make it like a question, you're fine. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Maybe if you make it. Oh no, because I find like if you try to do higher pitch, it doesn't work. You gotta go a little. A yeah, lower than the high pitch. Yeah, I I don't think I have a uh, a feminine enough voice to do it. You know what? You're not the first person that's gone to do the Canadian accent and went straight to Australian too. That's like I think there's like like something there. I always thought it was more like Irish in our lick than than Australian, but uh, well, there's a lot of Irish in Australian too, though. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh. I could uh, make sense with the, I mean, the history of it all, yeah. right? Like the Australian accent is predominantly like West Counties, Cornwall, maybe some of the north of England, right? That's where they sort of get their accent from. Hmm. But there's absolutely some Irish that goes into it and. It's a uh, certainly an interesting accent. I love the is just bizarre. Well, and then you just have like multiple accents within your own country too. Yeah, yeah. Let's not. I'm sure. Well, every country does. Think about how many American accents there are. I mean, even in Texas, you have like your East Texas, your Plains, Plano. You have the border. You have, and then you have the cities who mess up everything else. So, oh. whatever. Austin sounds like California. I don't know well, where it is. Austin's like, made up primarily of people from California, so I think that's why. Oh, interesting. What area uh, is it that gets that crazy heavy drawl that you can barely even understand what they're saying? East Texas. Yeah, okay. I was going to say it's East Texas heading towards. Uh, yeah. Georgia. I had a friend from East Texas, and she had the best. Louisiana, things. is it? Yeah, you border. Yeah, 
Yeah. And so you'll have like a really interesting mix of Louisiana accent and the East Texas drawl. It's very similar. It's like a deep South to me. Yeah. But see, I'm not from there. So it's like our Newfoundland equivalent. Oh God. Yes. Us Newfies (laughs) and our accent that, that like I was born in Newfoundland. I spent the first, you know, decade of my life living there. It uh, all makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of, yeah, explains a lot, eh? Uh, <laughs> but there are people from there that even I have a hard time understanding. Yeah. Like, yeah. it is a unique accent, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. fortunately or unfortunately, whichever way you look at it, lost my accent. It comes out every now and again with uh, some of my vowel sounds, especially if I've been hanging out with my family. But uh, for the most part, in general conversation, I feel like my accent is fairly non-regional. You sound like a dude. You do not sound like you have an accent to me. It is a terrible accent. Your accent must be uh, from somewhere else in Canada because you know that's not like me. I am the French Canadian. My accent is the best accent in Canada. <laughs> you are keeping that in the podcast. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> My father, he is from Lac Saint Jean. <laughs> He will take that hickory stick and he will shove it so far up your goat ass you won't know what happened. <laughs> oh, man. What is happening? My goat ass is uh, hurting with a hickory stick so, so far up. It. Uh, okay, stop now. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about? Was that the French Canadians? No, the, the talking goat. No, what is that? I don't know what that is. Talking Goats, Adam Sandler, buddy. That was one of his oh, early yeah. TV skits. Yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I remember. Will you take me I to was, the Ragu Festival? I was I was just showing my kids, like, Adam Sandler skits, um, SNL stuff. It was great. But, yeah. When it was funny. Yeah. Well, every once in a while, they, you know, that, like, you know, you throw enough darts, eventually you'll hit a bullseye, but. Uh, <laughs> she threw a lot of darts, that's for sure. Holy <laughs> fuck. There's a, it, it is not nearly as consistently funny as it once was. No. Yeah, a once in a while, we'll have some good stuff. You could say that about a lot of comedy lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's for sure, man. Why? Well, hey, there's that creativity thing that we were talking about earlier. It's all just. You get looped into doing the same thing over and over again, and you lose the creativity of it. You know, maybe it's time for him to stop making movies and start making music instead, or something. Explore a different venue. Oh, are you talking about Adam Sandler? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think he. Well, he did make music. He did the Hanukkah song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the one uh, person that I'm always was just, It's oh time for Hamaka. I hope I get a harmonica on this happy Hanukkah. Yeah, I know it. <laughs> um, uh, the piece one of that, sheet car. I've got a piece of sheet car. <laughs> it's a classic uh, song. Yes. Sure. No, the Sorry, one Nick. guy that I really miss 
watching his comedy is actually Craig Ferguson. That guy is a fucking riot. His mm-hmm. his stint on the Late Late Show was comedy gold. Him and his talking robot. Can't <laughs> <laughs> see a uh, oh recall, dude. You is. gotta go and look some of it up on YouTube. It's just amazing. Mm. Like I I will sometimes put that stuff on and I will just be killing myself laughing. You ever see the early Jim Carrey SNL stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that stuff? And you mean, not, he wasn't on SNL, but you mean In Living Color? In Living Color, thank you. You see his earlier stuff, and it's just like, there's no doubt in your mind why he exploded into the acting scene he did. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the character. I always wanted to be an actor, man. I think I could have been a good actor if I would have gotten into it at a young age. But... I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, like, oh wait, I am an actor. I go to work every day and pretend that I know what I'm doing. That's right. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all kind of doing that. I pretend that I'm a functional human being every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought that's what we were talking about: faking it till you make yeah, it. Kind you, of thing, you right? Don't even know the half of it, Lindsay. I'm the best. <laughs> I'm like a dumpster fire being hit by a train and causing a chemical spill. I am like so fucked up. Oh, that would be a great sculpture. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, boys and girls. What do you think? I feel like Lindsay's probably had enough of this. I don't no, know. No, it's funny. It's fine. If you want to hang up, that's fine. <laughs> you can no, mute I... me again. <laughs> no. oh. Look at Lando. You've not offended her. <laughs> I just like to bring up things. I'm not like <laughs> surprised, to be honest. I mean, I've held back on a few things that I knew were like, this is going to offend the shit out of her if I say it, but... I'm still not surprised that something you see, now, said now you have to say it. If you say no, it, you, yeah. <laughs> you you walked yourself into you that. You do this all the time. It's like I was gonna say this thing, but now I'm well, just not gonna say it. She was you talk- said a lot of shit to me, so she, I don't know. <laughs> you, were, you were talking about somewhere along the lines. I can't remember about it, whenever I feel it's necessary or something like that that I can tell you to take it out or. I can tell you to take it out at any any time or whatever. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Usually I reserve that for my wife. But okay. <laughs> okay. I'm not offended. <laughs> Again, Lando, like the kinds of things that you're so cautious about make no sense. It's these completely benign things. You're just like, ooh, am I allowed to say this? And then the shit that you really shouldn't say, you're just like, bleh. <laughs> it makes no sense. It's so confusing to me. <laughs> Try being in it my just head. Keep you on your toes. Yeah. Try being in my head. Try being my wife, dude. Fuck, I, feel I so do not sorry for her. her. Oh man, I tried convincing her. Like when we first started going, I was like, I sat her down. And I was like, You sure, dude? Like, you know how fucked I am, man. And you know what her response was? Yeah, you are, do you have any idea how fucked I am? We're perfect for each other. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really the goal for everyone, right? Yeah. Meet someone who's crazy is compatible with your crazy. 
Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. Somehow, yeah. somehow it works. <laughs> <laughs> so you just need to meet another dumpster fire getting hit by a train, <laughs> causing it, creating a chemical spill. <laughs> Or maybe the opposite, like yeah, you need to meet the like, cleanup crew. No, or no, or the chemical spill creating the uh, dumpster fire. I don't yeah. know something a different a version of the same thing. Dumpster fire that rolls downhill and hits a train. The train there you go. The, the train doesn't hit the dumpster. The dumpster hits the train. <laughs> exactly. Holy shit, is that SpaceX launching another fucking spaceship? Oh, weird, it's coming right for us. Oh, oh shit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know that a flaming dumpster would ever get mistaken for a fucking rocket ship, but okay. It's like, you you need glasses, man. (laughs) You're the flaming dumpster watching a rocket ship go misconstrued and... This, this metaphor is slowly spiraling out of control. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we need to meet somebody who is this metaphor spiraling out of control. So you just put that in whatever dating app you have. I'm looking for this particular. They should have that, yeah. like personality. You can use the hustle, fire, you can use the hustle, and, hustle and grinder app. Hustle and grinder. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm sure there's like a blacksmith dating app out there. Isn't yeah, it's there? Hustle and Grinder. Oh, that's what it is. Oh, see, I'm I'm no. not on those things. Why would I be? Hustle you know and Grinder is right, Lindsay. <laughs> yes, I do know that. It's not a blacksmithing app. No, no, no. Isn't there? There's like really weird ones out there, like for farmers and stuff. I'm sure there's a blacksmith one. Probably, probably. Hustle yeah. and Grind is uh, one of our buddy podcasts, though. That's where yeah. that comes. That's, yeah. um, there was a who's it the. The guys at Baltimore Knife and Sword did a, a little parody of Blacksmiths Only as a... That's a, right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, that was probably... I've seen that thing and it was... Yeah, yeah. and that's probably little Matt, an idea in my head. Of burned metal. Matt Stagmer and yeah. uh, Ilya, right? Ilya, yeah. That's cool. Nice. That cool stuff. They're... Top notch guys, man. When it came yeah. to those videos that they were putting oh, out, right. there's in their new stuff. There's nowhere near enough silliness anymore. Well, I haven't seen any of their new stuff, to be honest. Uh, it's. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like the That Works channel, that's their new one. You know, yeah. they, it's once again. I mean, Ilya watching that guy forge is fucking amazing. This, right? Does Chris Cash ever uh, show up in the videos? Probably. Like, I don't watch them that consistently. But they still do put out some really cool stuff. Chris Cash is, uh, they, like, run the same facility together, but he's, like, different than... Yeah, okay, then, yeah, I think he does show up in them. He's the one that does all the heavy equipment restoration. Uh Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. 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 Yep. See, like, I don't know. I find I don't follow as much blacksmithing on YouTube as I used to. I'm not following YouTube at all, to be honest, man. Like, I, I watch on shit tons of YouTube. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Right? Watch or listen to just just an absolute crap load of it. But it's 
mostly in service of my wildly divergent, strange interests. Right? Uh, like, it, it's not... Chimpanzee porn? No, Lando. <laughs> Bad Lando. Bad. Stop in the dark. Stop in the dark, dude. I don't know. <laughs> you, what, you want, like, the rundown of the kinds of things that, like, Nick finds interesting? It's like... Not really. Astrophysics. Uh, fucking mycelium dissection ta- taxonomy oh, yeah. right and cladistics just super into it yeah what is that uh, taxonomy and cladistics no what's cladistics I don't know what that is okay well is it's, it's sort of like <sighs> cladistics is dealing with the system that you use for organizing taxonomy Oh, okay. All right. Right? So you've, okay. like, you've always had this very simple, like, kingdom of uh, phylum yeah. order uh-huh. Uh-huh. and so on, right? But it's only so useful as a way to sort of understand how things are related, right? So when you start doing cladograms, it's basically like, okay, we've got this group as a common ancestor to this group, and they split off here. Mm-hmm. And they branch out that way. And then this group comes down here and splits off that way. And the whole sort of idea is that you never, like an organism never stops being what it was before. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's, like we it just always, it's just a new variation on that. And you start having these sorts of interesting sorts of family groups that end up interrelating uh-huh. to each other. And uh, I don't know. I just find it really interesting to go look at and learn about different species of different kinds of organisms and how they're interrelated. That's cool. Yeah. It's yeah. it's really not. But okay. No. I mean, no, like I, I remember going to like the natural science museum with my kids and seeing that like all like this started off like here and then, Oh, it turned into all this, like looking back at like, yeah. Uh, what it, like some crazy small little things turned into massive big things later. It's just really cool. Yeah. How the fuck how the fuck mm-hmm. do we have so many different breeds of dogs in this world? People. Selective I, breeding. It's I've not really people is the answer. The difference between like an Irish wolfhound and a chihuahua. Like yep. what the f- and everything in between like thousands of different breeds of dogs but yet Nothing else like fish. There's hundreds of different species of fish. That was not, that wasn't human selection that did that. So here's the thing: there are singular species of fish that have been bred into different breeds like that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, for example, koi. Right mm-hmm. in Japan, koi fish are this huge deal, and they they have this like the same levels of like difference at least when it comes to like color pattern and things like that. You know, uh, look at uh, fighting fish, Siamese mm-hmm. fighting fish. Look at the different sizes, shapes, structures, like goldfish. You know, they do. Yeah. They absolutely do it. You know, pigeons and chickens through artificial selection like that. You know, it's 
it's really all it is, is doing the exact same thing that evolution does, but it's being controlled by people deciding what two individuals will breed to, when I, to decide what kind of result they're looking for. But when I look at something like an Irish wolfhound, the only thing I can equate it to that would have got to that drastic of a difference in an animal is like just crazy amounts of interbreeding to create like the most messed up freaking off-breed possible. And then you ended up with an Irish wolfhound. Yeah, but I mean like that same kind of thing happens in nature, just usually a lot more mm-hmm. slowly and you just don't know about it. Like, do you right. know what the most closely related animal to the modern elephant is that still, like, exists? I would have to guess. I don't know. I don't know. It's called a hyrax. It's about this big. Okay. No, crazy. That's insane. Yep. It looks kind of like a rodent. When Nick says it's about this big, he was referring to something about the size of his head. Which, okay. The size of my head. The rodent thingy. And it's got little hooves, little toe hoof things. It's an ungulate. Hooves. Hooves. Are are they located in the same area or are they somewhere else? Yeah, they're in Africa. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, like, are they found in a, like, you know how, like, there are some species that are only located on Madagascar or something like that. Would that be something... That, I mean, I don't think they're that geographically isolated. I'm fairly certain okay. they're actually quite common. Yeah. Um, and and they probably are common because they are small and they're able to, like... Right, yeah. You know, you're always going to get more of this kind of low-tier primary consumers, right? Mm-hmm. Little itty-bitty animals breed fast, lots of young, lots of them die. Daddy, would you like some sausages? Daddy, would you like some sausages? Was Tom Green (laughs) ever funny? Yeah, and an amazing skateboarder, too. I I cannot comment on his skateboarding skills, but I just did not get it. Uh, I found him absolutely hilarious at times, but fucking god darn it, was he so brutally bad at times, too. Like, but so is Norm Macdonald. Yeah. Like Norm Macdonald, there was just terrible. I wasn't a fan of him though. Like I was Norm not. Norm Macdonald is funny. Tom He's funny, but at moments, at moments, there was moments yeah. where he was like, "What the fuck is this garbage?" Okay. Yes. Every yeah, I do see what you're saying, but. I mean, Jerry Seinfeld had his moments too, fuck. Mm-hmm. Another guy that I just never found to be that funny. I found him to be annoying more than than anything. Yeah. But. I mean, like, personally, I mean, I'm, a, I'm a British humor guy and also, like, uh, a deep and unabiding love for George Carlin. Oh, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Fucking uh, the master right there. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Only one that can even fucking come close to that would be Chappelle. Dave Chappelle is one funny motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. He's hilarious. Uh, he's the, I would say he's the goat. I mean, everybody he's else says he's up the there. goat. So, I mean, I'll, I'll 
throw it out there too, but I, I personally believe it. Yeah. I mean, I do really appreciate the sort of laid, the slightly more laid back observational style of humor that they, they had like George Carlin later on in his life just ended up getting, you know, a little bit, almost too crotchety, but even then like still funny, you know, his, his routine about swearing on the Bible from his last album is just comedy gold. (laughs) Like, have you guys heard that one? I'm yeah. sure I have, yeah. I, I can't recall off the top of my head, but... Oh, God, I could do, like, the whole thing verbatim. It's just... <laughs> Did you ever used to watch uh, Whose Line Is It Anyways? Oh, my God, I love Whose Line. Yeah. The four comedians that... Fucking amazing comedians right there, man. Oh, yeah. Have you seen any of the new ones? No, no. You know what? <laughs> Aisha Tyler is a way better host than Drew Carey ever was. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Oh, yeah. Like, she gets involved in the skits a lot more routinely. Okay. You know, I just, it it really is. It's just like, it is very, very good. And they still got, like, you know, the original three plus a, a rotating, you know, fourth spot. Nice. Nice. Cool. You know, some of the some of the classic sort of fourths come in, like Greg Proops and uh, Brad Sherwood, but also some other guys who you never got to see before. It's really good. Terrible with names, so my apologies there. That's okay. You, you don't really need to know their names. Just watch it. Lots yeah. of it's up on YouTube. Well, that's that's, what, that's another thing you watch at, on YouTube. Oh yeah, I watch yeah. a lot of comedy. Yeah. Yeah, me too. The, the astrophysics, the comedy, tech, evolutionary biology. What are the two guys from SNL, the white, the white and black guy that do the freaking reverse? Oh, yeah, I don't know their names. I only ever see them like on Instagram Reels. Holy! But the writing each other jokes that, and making them say oh, that oh, makes me laugh. So that's great. Hard. They are oh, really, God. really hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Colin something or other. See, I'm yeah. terrible with names too. Mockery? And something or From whose line? I don't know. No. Huh? Not the guy from whose line? No, no, no. no. The, the two guys from oh, SNL. The two guys from SNL. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't even, I have no idea what their names are. Yeah. 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 No, oh. that's pretty good. Oh, I'm trying I to think of that. other weird shit I watch on YouTube. Lots of philosophy. Who did I go and see? I went and saw a stand-up comedian, and I was actually really disappointed in her act, but we apparently got her very first opening act of that, like, set. And she oh. even said, like, during her set, she's like, well, that was a crappy joke. I'll be removing that one from the set. <laughs> Honestly, a comedian who can roll with a, a set flopping is just, like, it can be a a type of comedy gold in its own. For real, yeah. been seeing a lot of the heckling comedy acts going on lately. Oh, the what? the one the the tall ginger Jewish guy. What's his name? Nope, that's not who I was thinking of. 
Yeah, um, no. One of the guys I'm thinking of, he's like a, he looks like a freaking uh, Midwestern trucker, super skinny trucker, wears his hat with the fucking crazy curl in it. Kind of, I think he has a mullet too, if I'm not mistaken. He's always getting hecklers in the crowd and freaking plays along with them. Great dude. And then there's J.R. Guzman is the one that I, I he's a Filipino guy. He actually looks for hecklers to work his act off or sing songs and shit like that. He's fucking hilarious. Uh, this is a, a long recording, you guys. Probably need to go to bed soon. Uh, what time is are, are you guys Eastern or Central? I'm Central. He's Eastern. Yeah, okay. it's, it's midnight here. We're almost, but. Fuck, it's always, it's always like when we're doing these. You don't have to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning. I do. No, oh. I don't. No. Things I just have a cat really telling me that I need to go to bed because she was like telling me I'm off schedule. So this is my shop cat. Nice. Frida. What's her name? Frida? Frida. Nice. She likes to roll around in the forage scale. <laughs> so, seriously, she oh, does. It's. Yeah. She was pissed that I cleaned it all up. Yeah, I need a shop cat here some of the time. I don't know. There was one point where you saw me like just like look it over there, say nothing, get up and go walk cr- uh, out of the shot. I was fucking chasing down a mouse. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> yeah. You're up yeah, she's taking care of some rats and that run into the shop in the winter time. Well, so. I'll be honest. I think that might be partially why my dog passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's uh, he. Whatever happened to him, he seemed to have been poisoned with the way he succumbed to to things there, and. Where where we live, we all the yards around us are all one acre. The one side of the road if everything behind the, that row of houses is the end of the city and then it's just field after that and then uh behind my house is a huge uh city park so mice and stuff like that are pretty common in our in our uh and we in fact we had some coming into our house we found a hole in the in the side of the house and mice were coming into our house this fall so and it's a good possibility that's what happened we don't know for sure but yeah, gotta watch over that. Something that really disagreed with him, eh? Yeah, well, it was. Yeah, he, we found that um, we went out in the front yard the next day when we got kind of settled down or whatever, and I, I, I like, I just went and walked around out out in the front yard where he had been last or whatever, and I found that he had puked, and I was like, oh shit, I didn't know he puked. What the fuck? And and his puke was a massive, like, hairball. And it's like, what the fuck? What is this? And I, so I went and got some paper towel, came and picked it up. It was frozen. I didn't even need paper towel to pick it up, but I did anyways. Got to pick, picked it up, brought it inside, let it thaw out. And the wife and I tried cutting it open to see what, what it was. And the most we could make out of it, it was just a giant piece of, like, balled up hair. And we asked the vet about it, and the vet said that sounds like it was actually probably a piece of material of some sort that the dog probably ingested. But that couldn't, that wouldn't have killed it. But if whatever that material was had some sort of poison on it or whatever, that would have done the trick, right? Oh, no. So, 
Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Lindsay, you look like you're. No, not... I had okay. a I had a cat who, like, I think our neighbor poisoned intentionally. Yeah. So uh, that sucks because like it comes on. Oh, he was messed up. That was I'm in Pennsylvania. Sure. Pretty sure my last dog got poisoned on purpose. We found mothballs yeah. in my backyard, dude. Right yeah. after he passed away. People, yeah, I think this like... is why I avoid everyone. Is the most social interaction I get. Like, I am. I am a very solitary person. (laughs) That's just how I imagine most people in Canada is to be very solitary. Maybe not, but I don't Uh, get out a whole lot. So (laughs) I don't get out a whole lot. You're going to say something, and then you held back. Which one Mm -hmm. of us? You, uh, Nick. I was just going to say, I mean, yes and no. Like, in the wintertime, it's not like we're all going out and hanging out outside together. Yeah. It's fucking couples. Yeah. Yeah. It's, like, opposite for us. It's, like, our summer is your winter. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too hot. You don't don't go go outside. Yeah. When it's, like, 100 degrees out, we're like, no, we're just going to stay in the A.C., What's going on? <laughs> Nick has a grouchy face right now. Oh, yeah. Well, so my fucking ankle hurts. <laughs> so I, this, I, I was sitting down for too long. Mm. Yeah, I've got a, a fused ankle. I've had, oh, what, okay. I've already had six surgeries on it, and who knows? Maybe a seventh. But, uh, wow. yeah. So if I, I stay in one position for too long. Sometimes uh, I'll start hurting. Mm-hmm. I get that problem with something else. I, you know, I, I don't use it for so long, and then it's it starts to bother me, and I've got to use it, and it's like, ah, man, it's, here we go again, masturbating in public. What can I do? No, did that go too far? See, I don't. I'm know just what- looking to see what Nick's reaction was. <laughs> Just completely blank. Just like (laughs) this is Lando. Yeah. (laughs) See, I think he's he's testing the waters right now. He's seeing how far he can go. With me, he knows that there is no limits. Oh, I no, that's I know. (laughs) I'm like, I I could see this. That's where it was going. I wasn't surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I know is well aware of the fact that there's basically nothing he can say that would offend me. Yeah. It's like, Pretty I was true. in the army for 14 years. <laughs> <laughs> you think you've got something that's going to offend me? <laughs> you must be joking. I don't, I don't look to offend people i look i look to crush their souls when it comes down to things so was and this i it? was in the army for 14 years <laughs> you think you've got a chance of crushing my soul you've got his no soul has already been crushed it's already <laughs> crushed it's been flattened steamrolled shredded and incinerated i had to phone the shoe store for your soul Got sewed to the bottom of a shoe. That was terrible, man. You bust out some of these dad jokes at just like 
You know, every time we say it's like, what's your dad joke? What's your dad joke going to be? We just had nothing. We get it was so hard to do it on command that was like we just kind of stopped doing it. But every once in a while, you will bust out an absolute groaner or it's just like, (laughs) just just no, no, just just go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's me, man. I pride myself on that. Can I do? Can I say? I'm more of the like, how absurd can we go? <laughs> uh, it's the chemical spill dumpster fire. See, that's where the creativity keep, keep riffing on that joke and keep going. That that's where the creativity comes from. Like you just can go down that trail and just elaborate, and then. You Let's get wander down really this path gold. and see where it takes us. There you go. That's where you get the gold. Yeah. Or you get a nightmare. One of those things. Mostly, get the na- mostly nightmares. Mostly, yeah. mostly nightmares. Sometimes they're funny nightmares, but they're nightmares. When you're walking down a path picking up burning garbage, every once in a while a piece is golden. But for the most part, it's just burning trash. It's mostly, it's just burning trash. Like I don't know. Like you get like funny nightmares is like Shaun of the Dead or something like that. That would be good. Oh, brilliant, brilliant movie. It is it's, actually. You know which one is also if you uh, haven't gone back and like rewatched Hot Fuzz. Oh, I love Hot Fuzz. Oh my god, such, such a great movie. movie. Mm-hmm. Like, that movie is the best example of setup and payoff I have ever seen. Every single joke, every single line, every single physical gag, they're all set up. And it just makes it so damned funny. I have to go rewatch it. It is a masterclass in setup and payoff. Mm -hmm. And just absolutely hilarious. I totally have not seen it. Oh my god, uh, dude. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Take cool. the time, watch the movie. I will. It is it is a very sort of similar style of humor to Shaun of the Dead. Mm-hmm. Right? But it's uh you know, a sort of like like the the characters that they play are different enough that it doesn't feel like a rehash. Mm-hmm. You know, like the character that Simon Pegg plays is like a really serious detective. Mm-hmm. Very like very kind of like stick up his butt sort of like stickler for rules super cop. Yeah, and it's and part the, of a trilogy of movies too, yes. right? So you have like like so, Hot Fuzz is the first one, and then I forget the second one's called. Uh, the first one's Shaun of the Dead. The second one's Hot oh. Fuzz, and the last one is The World's End. The World's End. Yeah. Okay, that's it. Okay. Yeah. Totally not a movie buff, guys. So I wouldn't have known. I'm not really a movie buff either. But those I've are heard of Shaun of Dead Dead. I've heard I mean, of Shaun of the Dead. You've never seen I'm, Shaun I'm of the a... Dead? I don't know if I've seen oh. it. Oh my god, dude! You are in for a treat. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Like, I can officially say that it's certainly Shaun of the Dead is going to be your style of humor. You cool. particularly are going to find that funny. I'm down to check it out. 
I haven't watched a movie. Oh, that's not true. I've been watching a few Christmas movies with the kid lately. Like, not the full movie. Catch <laughs> parts here and there when I'm coherent. Yeah. But, yeah. Like, you don't need to, like, I think for you in particular, I think you should make the time to watch Shaun of the Dead. Right? I think Hot Fuzz is objectively the better mo- movie, but I think the style of humor in Shaun of the Dead is really going to work for you. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. I'm down. I'll check it out. I think Lando's fading. I think we I need think to stop. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's fine. I, I'm, I'm, I need to be done because I think I'm being yeah. loud for my sleeping kids. <laughs> Sorry. Really appreciate you sitting down with us for this long, Lindsay. I didn't think yeah. we'd go this long, yeah, but thanks. It was a blast. Awesome. Come on. I, I had a really good time uh, with you guys. You're, you're uh, a lot of fun to talk with, and it's real chill, so I like it. It's good. Yeah, we try to keep it chill and weird. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my style. <laughs> There's a side right to on. me that sometimes wonder if I should be more professional, but it seems like everybody enjoys this, so I'll just stick with it. I think the... You sometimes think way too much about what other people think about this podcast, man. <laughs> I think about what other, th- just in general, I think about what other people think too much, man. It's been my downfall my whole life, man. <laughs> yeah, for like, for this podcast, really just, we show up, we record, we see where it goes. Like, it, but don't it, think it, too much about it. <laughs> it could turn into something. If I took it more seriously, that's how I would think of it. But would you want it to be really? Do you want to turn this thing that's fun into something that's a like a job? If it was the if the possibility of it becoming my full time job that that's all I did, maybe yeah. Then you'll have to get another hobby. Because <laughs> then, like, if you if I you turn your hobby into something. I could job, go back then to you sex. have to get a hobby. I haven't done that in a long time. I could go back to doing that again. What's that? What? Sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a hobby that I haven't been doing very much of recently either. Takes two usually. There, I mean, you can solo sex is fun too, but I get it. I get more than enough of that. It's the 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 dual yeah, action. The going solo gets old after a while, man. <laughs> And I'm married. I was. I mean, technically, I still am, but... <laughs> what, five fucking years since then? So I still haven't got that sorted out. Shit. Well, you got right. an excuse. There was a pandemic and all that stuff, so... Yeah. You're, you're okay. Like I said, you it's don't even really, know not, exactly how big a dumpster fire my life is. Well... What I'm saying is it wasn't five years. It was more like three. <laughs> yeah, because that's not an unreasonable amount of time at all. It seems like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, the, tragic, the tragic comedy of Nick's life, I swear. It's what happens, yeah. Fuck you people, I'm going to the funny farm. Okay. Do I, like how do I do that? Coach yeah. will take care of me. Bye, Nick. Say goodbye. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.